Everybody, welcome to the PWCC Premier Auction Extended Bidding Watch Party. It is Thursday, September the 22nd, 2022. And my name is Jeremy Lee. I want to shout out Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine, our co-host Adam Gray, editor-in-chief. Go to bcfmag.com to subscribe to BCF Mag. As always, I want to thank all you viewers, subscribers, podcast listeners. If you are not yet subscribed to the channel, please take a second and do so. And with that... Let's get on with the show. Let's bring on our co-host, Adam Gray, Editor-in-Chief, Content Creator at PWCC. How are you, buddy? Dude, I'm so good. I say it every month. It's my favorite day of the, it's my favorite day of the month, and I'm just excited to be here with you and to, to get the party started. It's three awesome hours, sometimes four, and uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to it all week. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, that was fun. We just did an IG Live, a little pre-show, so... That was fun. Thanks for doing that. And uh, there's a few things I do want to talk about with you before we get into the auction and all that. But before we do that, I want to uh, let everybody know if you haven't seen it, you can see his, his handsome mug right under Adam right now. We have Phil Orlando, also known as Filmington, who will be joining as the special guest during this September's PWCC Premier Auction. One of the reasons why I want to bring Phil on is because he is a baseball expert. He knows his baseball. I looked at it. We have about uh, 30 cards in the auction this month that are modern baseball cards. That's his bread and butter. So we're going to spend some time looking at those with Phil once he comes on. We'll see him in about an hour. Adam, this is the biggest, I believe the biggest premier auction yet. The biggest one that I recall seeing over the past several months, 436 items compared to last month's 269 any idea why why do you think we're seeing such a jump and so many more high-end items this month over last? You know, there's a couple of things. The first thing is something that we actually talked about last month. We noticed that the number had dropped. And I said on the show, if you recall, I said part of the reason that this fell, guys, is because of the national. The national sort of introduces this element of timing that makes it difficult to decide whether you're going to send your cards to auction or what you're going to do with them. And so it was not surprising to us that this number was was lower last month. But then to your point, this is the biggest month that we've had yet. And I think that's sort of the natural progression of, of the premier auction sort of growing the way that it has. Um, we're seeing a lot more people that want to try to get their stuff into the premier auction. And then the other part of that is we started the flash program. And so you can actually get your cards into uh, the premier auction sort of later than we used to be able to do it by saying, yes, I want to flash it. I can't remember what date it has to be by, but like there are people, I think there's 30, I think there's like 27 or 30 cards that were flashed in this auction that we didn't know were going to be part of the premier when the auction actually started. So they sort of added, they, they came in afterwards and that's, you know, people want to send their cards to the premier auction so much that they elected to do that, even though they, they, they missed a day or two on the auction. So those are some of the reasons why I think it's gotten larger. Yeah. Than the last few months. All right. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a big month. I see. I was one, I thought maybe there was something that special that happened for September, but you're, you're actually calling out the national. I think that makes a lot more sense than wherever I might've been going on that. So 
I appreciate, appreciate that, that insight for sure. It does make sense to me. Uh, if anyone is joining and you're wondering why, you know, you're used to watching sports cards live and I have my, my typical background, you'll notice that, uh, it is totally different this time. I am, I had, I have, I've set up a temporary studio here for myself in an Airbnb. I'm on family vacation, but I could not take off the premier auction. So here we are. And I hope, uh, I, and I'm sitting on the end of a of a couch, uh, so I, I hope my back holds up. I, I don't I doubt it will, but we'll see. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for joining, <laughs> and uh, also a couple of reminders. First of all, uh, the closing windows you can see in the on the ticker right now. Uh, initial bids. You know you've got you've got another 24 minutes or so to get initial bids in on the premier to uh, to qualify yourself to bid in extended bidding, which is going to start again in 24 minutes. So get those bids in if there's something that you'd like. If you are bidding and you want to share that with Adam and I, let us know. You want to share with Adam, Phil and I, when Phil joins us in about an hour's time, let us know. We'd love to cheer you on. If you are selling anything in the auction, you'd like us to take a look at it, let us know as well. We would be happy to do that. We may not be able to get to it right when you ask, but we will do our best to get to it uh, shortly thereafter. <clears throat> so Adam, I know there's a big there's a big auction going on tonight here, the PWCC premiere, but I do want to talk to you a little bit about the top 100 iconic list. Now, this isn't planned. You don't even know that I'm going to be asking you about this, but uh, but I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, like, listen, I, I'll tell you, I've been watching the videos and I've enjoyed each and every video that you've done. All of the all the different people that you have coming on are everyone's doing such a great job. And I find it really interesting and it's a good cross-section of people. So, but what I want to ask you is, you know, it's obviously a very, very um, subjective list. And you guys, you guys went out to 150 people that you consider to be, you know, um, in the know, within the hobby, on a broad perspective, not just within a single sport or niche. And, uh, and you've received, you received those votes, you compiled the list and here we go, we're doing the countdown. I see, and I love how you guys, how, how you on your stories on Instagram are like doing comparisons and saying like, which one should be more iconic. And so you're really playing, you're really trying to get a lot of content out of it. I think you're doing a great job with that. Here's the question. Finally, I'm finally going to get to my question is, what do you think about the response that you have gotten to it? I know you've gotten some positive. You also get some negative because people say, well, this has no, no right being there or, you know, but what do you want to say to the people that make those comments and how, how are you uh, feeling about the overall response so far? Man, it's such a good question. I'll take just a second on this, but the thing that's clear is that everybody's mad. Um, you know, and that's probably the way that it should be because everybody who likes, you know, there's people who like basketball who were really irritated that they didn't see a card for two weeks. And there are people who like vintage baseball who cannot believe that the Pete Rose rookie card didn't make the iconic 100 list. And there are people who are so angry because they're hockey collectors and they're like, we've only seen one hockey card so far or two hockey cards so far. Guys, there's a lot of iconic cards out there. The idea of this was to take 150 really smart people, ask them what they think, and then regardless of what comes out, post it and say, what do you think? Now, for me, I'll give you an example that I think is just incredibly interesting. The uh, Michael Jordan uh, 2000 or EX 2001 card that has the two different credentials, the essential credentials now and future. I have two of the smartest people I know arguing opposite directions of this card. There's somebody who says there is no way that card should make the list. And there's somebody who says there is no way that that card should have been anywhere near where it was. It should have been at least 40 spots higher. And I'm looking at both of these really smart people saying 
I don't know what to tell you. I didn't come up with the answers here. Everybody else came up with the answers and how they, how they sort of come out is what it is. But what it's teaching me, Jeremy, is I have some blind spots. One of them, one of them was the 2003 exquisite limited logos of Michael Jordan. I didn't vote for that card and I'm a big basketball guy. You know this, right? I'm, I'm, not exclusively basketball, but for most of my collecting journey, I've been exclusively basketball. I didn't vote for it. it showed up in the 60s. It's like super respectable. And what I learned as I, as I sort of looked at that is, you know what? Like, it's maybe the best known autograph patch set of all time. Like, kind of makes sense. Do I think of it as iconic? I don't, but other people do. And, you know, the idea of like, what is iconic is, as you mentioned, incredibly subjective. So what comes out of it in the end? Well, as we're going up the list, there's cards that generally seem like they should be higher. And, and you know, I think in the end, you know, everybody knows what the top three cards are going to be. They don't know the order. And that tells you, and the fact that those are what fell out too, also tells you, well, at least these guys sort of like have a general idea of what Iconic is. You can kind of guess what the next three or four cards will be after that. And so... Yeah, I'm really interested to see, you know, what the continued reaction will be. I think people are going to continue to be irritated because they think their cards should be higher and they think other cards have no business being on the list. But it is what we what it is. We asked the people and they they gave us yeah. the answers and we're posting it. One other one other last thing. There's an athlete who's coming up here in the next 10 spots who has two cards. He only has two more cards on the list and they're both back to back. And some people sort of suggested you might want to move things around a little bit. So it's a little bit even here or there. We didn't move anything around. We took the numbers as they were and we said, here's the list. Period. Yeah. And we'll as, you should have. as you should have. A couple comments I have. The first one is that, as you said, people should be mad and furious and upset because that just that that speaks to the passion that that, the, that we have as voters, as hobbyists, as participants, and as people who didn't vote, but, you know, our hobbies and participants that are just passionate. It's a passion thing. That's the first comment. Second comment I want to make is with respect to the 03 Jordan limited logos, I believe that card is about to get more iconic and here's why. And I know it's, I'm, I'm going to weave in hockey here, but upper deck just put out a preview of their, of the cup, the 2020 dash 21, the cup, which is a year late, but it's finally coming out and they are, uh, they are putting in a tribute to that limited logo. So you're going to see that design out there a bit more with hockey players. And, you know, you're going to get some great players on those limited logos. So it's going to become even more iconic outside of basketball and with hockey collectors very soon. Um, and, I, and you know, of course, I'm sure you'll have a Gretzky and a Crosby and McDavid in that set. So it'll it'll actually make its way outside of just hockey and basketball. The third comment with respect to what you with with the, the list. And I told you this from the beginning. I think you guys need to do this again. But, you know, a couple years down the road, you're not going to want to do it. This isn't like the the real 27 guys top 100 countdown that, that you do personally with your PC every year. This is for PW. This is the PWCC top icon, iconic 100. I think my suggestion might be to everyone who you've keep track of the people that are kind of um, complaining about or maybe thinking it, 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 there's some funny business going on. Keep track of those people and invite them to vote next time as well. You know, and I uh, love it. I love, let me let me add one thing to that real quick. I've had some people ask, why don't you release the, the voters? And they've got their pitchforks out when they say that. And I'm like, I, again, I think it's funny because you got people arguing pro, like up and down on every card, you know? So it is what it is. 
we're not going to introduce, we're not going to give the list of, of people who voted this time. That wouldn't be fair to them. We didn't say that we were going to. In, in the past, we've done similar things with this with, with BCF. I've asked people up front, can we share? And they've all said yes. Going forward, if we do this list again, I don't know. I don't have approval that we're going to do that. I don't even know if anybody internally wants to do it again. I really hope that we get to. If we get to do it again, Jeremy, I will make sure that everybody who votes knows that their votes will be made public at the end and we will we'll drop them all out there and everybody will be able to see see them because again the value of this is to is in sort of like the group the group coming together and voting and sort of averaging them against each other that's that's where the value is it's not just jeremy or just adam it's like it's all of these smart people and then you know their average is really interesting one one last comment before we leave this and i'll make it real quick i asked the other day how many Michael Jordans should be on the list? Because we've seen a lot, right? We've seen six Michael Jordans so far. And we're only on number like 56. And some people are like, there's way too many Jordans. This is terrible. So I asked the question on my Instagram. I did a poll. I said, should there be between zero and four, between five and seven, or between five and eight? And I don't know what it was. Between Yeah, four different groups with and with the last group being 13 plus. 160 votes came in. Each one of the four groups voted between had between 40 and 43 total answers. They were split 25, 25, 24, 26% in the end. They were basically even. There is no consensus on what is truly iconic and what isn't. And this list is attempting to sort of show what is. But the fact is that some people are going to agree with it and some people are going to disagree. Do you think that Jordan should have two cards in the iconic 100? Good for you if that's the case. Do you think yeah, should be I mean, Good for you. Jordan. Jordan should have several because he is the most iconic athlete in in the world. I think so. Are my thoughts. The other thing to keep in mind is that this list is very specific to those specific 150 voters. Those are the only people that contributed to this list. So it would change if you sub out half of them and bring in, you know, a new half sort of thing. Okay, let's uh, let's get on with 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 the the issue at hand, which is the premier auction. Uh, we've we've got people have been flowing in here. So welcome again, everybody. And uh, I want to go to the comments first, Adam, and then we're going to share screen and look at the first page of the auction itself. We got Julian in the house. What's going on, Julian? Good to see you. Uh, Mike Nesser, curious about your thoughts on the 2012 pr- uh, PRI Prim. I don't know what that is. Kobe Prism. USA Gold. I believe this exact copy sold for 28K two years ago. Do you think it surpasses that? Adam, do you think it's going to surpass it? I don't, I'm not familiar with the card. He's saying the Prism Gold, uh, the USA version. I don't know. Kobe has gotten just absolutely destroyed financially over the last over the last little bit, and uh, so have a lot of the Prism cards. And so it'll be really interesting to see. I personally love that card. Um, that's the sort of card that if I was allowed to bid in the auction, I'm not because I'm a PWCC employee. But if I was, I would be on that card because that's one of his best cards in the Panini era. So, but I have no idea on price. So we will we will see, Mike. We will see. Ken Wood, good evening to you. Wizard says I got that USA Silver Prism BGS nine. Well, you're gonna find out tonight uh, what something's gonna what's gonna happen. You think it's gonna blow up in value? Wizard said that iconic equals memorable. I think that's a nice way of putting it. Memorable and meaningful, representative. Iconic represents something bigger than itself. Is one of the ways mm. that I think about iconic. Uh, Dr says, do you think every auction gives you a live perspective of what the market is for said card? That's a great question. I'm going to say no. I don't think it is. And the reason is, is because there, there is, you don't have all the eyeball. You don't have the eyeballs of all the prospective buyers on any card on in any given auction in any given night. People just aren't 
there to bid or they forget or they're not aware. But I think it's about pretty much it's close. And the bigger the platform, the more representative uh, that I that I believe it is. Tito says it's like doing a best songs of all time list. No one will agree. Yeah, that's really well said, actually. That's it a is. very good analogy. Hello to you, T-Dot. Vintage Card Collector says, hello, looking forward to tonight. There's a ton of interesting cards to talk about. Yes, there are. T-Dot throws out there with the respect to the top 100 list, you should also do a geographical vote so all are represented. Mm. I wonder about that because it seems like the hobby, you know, you got Michael Jordan collectors around the world. They're not located in just Chicago, but I think there's some merit to the comment nonetheless. Shout out to all Philippine collectors. If you're watching, welcome to the show from the Philippines. Uh, the uh, Jordan, I, yeah, well, there's no doubt the Jordan rookie card. We're talking the the, the 86 Fleer in this case is as iconic as it gets. No doubt. It's on your shirt. That. It's on my it's, shirt. It's, it's on your shirt. On my shirt. <laughs> it's on my shirt. Tito says Jeremy Jeremy made a point. Gordy Howe's card was like 80th. That's out to lunch. Well, it is. If it is, if you are, if you're aware of the card, but I think that hockey just, you know, it's kind of a, it, it's just something that people don't uh, focus on. Uh, you know. Soccer has overtaken hockey uh, as far as kind of being the most, the highest subs, the most listings on, on platforms and that kind of thing. Uh, I had, studio, go ahead. I had Gordy, I had Gordy in the forties and I know you had him higher than that. So it, yeah. Anyway, keep going. He's, he'd be like top that card would be top 20 for me, maybe even higher. Uh, studio says, hello. Thanks for another PWCC vid. I'll be it on Jeremy's holidays. Yes, I am on. <laughs> I'm on a family holiday. Uh, and 450, welcome, says, your thoughts on that McDavid Gretzky rookie dual auto. How can you put a value on that card? Yeah, so he's talking about the, I think it's a, Bla a UD Black dual that's, auto. I'm going to. That's right. So yeah, as you as you pull that one up, Jeremy, I'll, I'll just remind everybody, I traveled Oregon once a month. I get to hold every one of these cards in hand. This is one of the cards in the auction, Jeremy. And you know, I'm not a hockey guy. This is one of the cards that really stood out to me. Like it's got that amazing acetate finish with the hollow foil. It's numbered out of three. It's from McDavid's rookie year. I don't know, like as far as greatest Oilers of all time go, like does McDavid have a chance to be in that conversation, Jeremy? Well, he's, yeah. I mean, listen, Wayne Gretzky is the greatest Oiler of all time. He's the greatest hockey player of all time. Connor McDavid is the greatest hockey player of this time. And mm -hmm. I don't think anyone would argue that he's the second best Oiler of all time already. So yeah, he's in the conversation. Now this card itself, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful card. Looks to be on card autos to me. It there is are only three it copies, on three copies, Oiler uniform for both players, which is, is key. Uh, what it, you know, so it has all that going for it. and aesthetically it's beautiful. The what what it isn't is it's not the cup and it's not SP authentic and it's not ultimate, which would be you know the brands that have more equity attached to them. Whereas Upper Deck Black only came out, I think, for a couple of years. This is called you can see at the bottom, it's called the pro penmanship combos. That is a that that is not a an insert set that has any real panache to it. It's not something right. that people are that I know of where people are collecting them every year so it's sort of like it's it's oddball would be a very uh strong word i don't mean oddball right. because it's not oddball but it's a very it's not a mainstream card so it could be better is all i'm saying but but it 
I don't know that there is a better version of it out there of these two guys in Oilers uniform with a beautiful aesthetic number to three with nice bold blue on card auto. So it's a great card. It's a 21,000 right now. I don't know what it's going to end at. It's an 05. So it, or sorry, a 2015. So it is McDavid's rookie year. I mean, this thing I have, I'm not even going to guess what it's going to go for, but it's already at, uh, you know, 25,000 with buyers premium. Anything you want to add? Yeah. The, add. the thing that I, the thing that I would add is that we talk about this a lot where if you look at a card and you say, what does that card have? And you, and you say, what if I switch the logo at the bottom from UD black to the cup and, and what, what would that do to the value of it? And it, it, in this case could make it where I don't even know what the multiple would be, but some, sometimes I sort of like go against the grain on that and I go, but why? Like aesthetically, I already said, I think it's one of the nicest cards in the whole auction. And this is, this might be a one to do the 360 on Jeremy it is, oh, maybe you already did it. It is just a gorgeous, gorgeous card. Number to three, if you're a if you're a big hockey ah, man, look at that. Yeah, look, I want to I want to just a uh, couple of quick comments on this, and then I guess we, we can move on from it. But I want to just uh, look at the comments coming in here. Um, first of all, Studio says epic hockey card. Gerald, good evening to you. Uh, T dot says that Mark Messier would argue about McDavid being second best Oiler of all time. That's fine, he can argue, but he he wouldn't win that argument. I don't think. Listen, Mark Messier is probably the greatest. Uh, leader in all time as far as hockey goes uh you know the best captain ever seen he's got five or six i think he's got six stanley cups five with the oilers that's one more than wayne and then he had another with the rangers as well in 94 so no one's going to argue that messi is a great player but i'm just talking skill mcdavid mark messi cannot hold a candle to Connor mcdavid as far as skill now mark messi had a full career mcdavid is you know only six seven, seven years into his career so um but uh, again, Mar- Mark Messier can argue all he, all he wants. He, he'd be wrong. I'm going I'm to leave it at that. Uh, but then Jeff makes the comment here that there's a one-of-one one parallel version of this particular mm. card. So is that better than this one? I mean, yes. I guess <laughs> it's hard to say it wouldn't be. But at the same time, I mean, so now you got a total print run of four of these cards. They're all going to look very similar. The foil might, I don't know, Jeff might be able to tell us what the difference is between the one one and the ones out of three. Maybe it's a different foil color or something like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, that will be a more valuable card. But I don't think it's going to be like double or triple or quadruple the value. This is still a very awesome card for sure. So uh, say hello to Dave Kaplan as well. And, uh, and yeah, studio makes a comment that is on card autos to boot. Yeah. It's, uh, definitely a pretty sick card. Yeah. The, the last thing I would just say about it, it's one of those that when you look at, you say the, the phrases don't blink, right? Because this is the sort of card that once it gets locked up, you don't see it again. And so I, if I'm not a hockey guy, but if I was, and if that was that was something that I wanted, a Gretzky McDavid duel, it doesn't get. I, you just said I don't know if it gets better than that. I don't know if there's and, other than the one on one. You know. Well, and you love. You know, it also depends on what you prefer. You love the look of that. I know you do because you love eminence in basketball. You love those dark cards with the silver or gold autos on that on them. So, uh, very fair. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at the first page of the auction. So. Here we have it. I'm just going to actually scroll up. You can see in the top right corner, there's four and a half minutes left to get in your initial bids. So uh, go ahead and get those in if you'd like to, to qualify for extended. See the bids are coming in right now. But let's look at the top uh, the top four cards. I just have this, I have this sorted 
by um, highest price. You can see right here, 436 total lots in the auction. And leading the way is that Roberto Clemente that we talked about in the pre-show, Adam, the PSA 9. It's got a PWCC uh, top 30% eye appeal rating. It's got an MBA, Mike Baker authenticated gold eye appeal rating as well. Um, it's an absolute blazer of a card. It's at 500, uh, which is now, I guess, um, $600,000 with buyer's premium. So this is, uh, you know, if you're in like me, you're thinking, wow, that's almost a million bucks. It's getting there. And I think it's going to go past that because as uh, Jesse said in the video that you guys put out on this card, this is likely the second nicest copy in existence. And I'll be honest with you. I don't care if there's a PSA 10 out there. This is probably the nicest copy of all of them. I would have to see to, to know for sure that this is the second nicest. I want to see the PSA 10 Me too. and put them beside each other because I, I would think there's a good chance that this might be even nicer. Just again, I appeal aesthetics wise based on both I appeal uh, designations by PWCC and MBA. So that card is leading the way. That's a headliner of a card for sure. On that note, Jeremy, something that we've talked about a lot on the show and it's becoming better and better understood is I appeal, right? We've talked, we talk about it every episode but I think, you know, you look at the mantle that set that sets a record, right? And you hear a lot of people saying, look, this card. Uh, listen, I, is he frozen or am I? Can someone let me know in the comments? Is Adam frozen or am I frozen? Let us know in the meantime, while I don't have, there you are. Lost, right. lost you for a second. I don't know if that was me or you. Yeah, I was just asking the chat to let me know. Um, but you're back, so please continue. I would, yeah, I was just saying that 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 mantle card. I think one of the things that we learned from that is that people are sort of understanding more and more now that the eye appeal is is really significant. And so, your comment about the Clemente in the past, some people would have said, no, 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 the ten is just definitely better. I'm kind of with you now, where the question is, well, I'd like to see the ten. I'd like to compare it to this nine and I'd like to sort of make that judgment for myself. And so what we can do is we can, we can't see the 10 right now. What we can do is we can look at this nine and we can say, what is wrong with it? And the answer is, I don't know. Like it, it, it's just a smoking card it's centered brilliantly. The color is incredible. It's just an amazing card. Yeah. And you know what? We, we could pull it up and I could go zoom in and look at it. I don't think we need to do that because it's already a mint nine. It's got both eye appeal designations. I, I think it says enough. Like, listen, I would, I would, I would be willing if I if I could afford this card, I would be willing to bid on it without zooming in on it. That's how much I trust both the mint nine uh, PSA assertion on on the grade. I trust that more because I got PSAs second opinion and MBA's third opinion on them as well, which just sort of solidifies that this thing is a very strong nine. Now, listen, I probably would still look at it, but I'm just saying, you know, just to, to make the point, it's an absolute stunner of a card. Um, we're we're going to continue down the row. We talked about these two Michael Jordans uh, on each end in the pre-show on Instagram Live. If you didn't join us this, this month, feel free to join us next month. We're now doing a pre-show, Adam and I, on Instagram Live. We talked about both the Michael Jordan uh, numbers piece and the emblems of endorsement, the emblems out of 15, the numbers out of 23. This is a BGS 9.5. This is a bgs9 both amazing cards both in that 220 240 thousand dollar range and then we also have the 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 tops 
chrome gold refractor lebron james rookie psa 9 i do love this card adam like if if this is a this to me is a absolute dream card grail card i don't own it i don't own a copy uh, I, I likely never will. And I just want to call it, we have just entered extended bidding, everybody. So if your bids are in, you can now continue to bid and extend it. If you are not, bids, if you don't have bids in, you cannot continue to bid. Uh, we also talked, Adam, about this card, the the Noble nameplate, along with those other two Jordans. This is my favorite aesthetically. I love this thick hollow foil border around the patch. The autograph is very, is this a sticker auto or is this an on-card auto? Well, no, and there's nothing from 03 exquisite, very much like the, I think it's very much like the cup. Like there's no sticker autographs from 03 exquisite. Yeah, there, there, there are a couple cards in the cup that are, but uh, it's kind of right. the exception. Uh, we have a PSA 10, Michael Jordan, 86 Fleer. We see these every month. So a good, a good card to help us gauge what's going on in the hobby. You know, maybe that's not so as true as it used to be because we see this card so much, but at least it helps us gauge what's going on with this card. That's for sure. We'll keep an eye on it. I think the last one, we finally saw one dip under 200,000 in a recent auction. So we'll see what this one does. But I I must say, um, you know, this one from this view looks to be a very strong centering corners edges looks really nice to me but let's go on to this one here i love this card we also talked about this in the pre-show the psa 8 bill russell low population 1957 tops always has centering issues this one looks to be almost perfectly centered i think it's got you know left to right towards the bottom is a little bit off but look at uh just just a a well-framed card absolutely gorgeous and then to finish off the this row dual look at this card adam a yeah. dual patch on card autos lebron james michael jordan numbered out of 23 bgs 8.5 the patches themselves i mean both are three colors this is a great card i mean it's 2009 look how young lebron looks super young here too uh just just a wonderful card is there anything you'd like to call out about this any cards in this row or, or the dual here well, the question that I had kind of come to my mind, Jeremy, and I'm debating it in my mind right now, is say somebody walks up to you at a show and they've got that Jordan 10 in their hand and they've got the Bill Russell in their in, in their hand and they say to you, I'm going to make your day, I'm going to make your year. <laughs> you get to have one of these. Which one do you want? And you get to just you keep it forever. It's not for sale. It's just part of your collection. Which of those two cards do you prefer? Oh, you know, I mean, my... My gut tells me grab that Russell and don't even think twice about it. But then I think the Jordan, like I'm thinking population wise, I'm not sure what the pop is on the on the Russell. I know it's low. Click on the Russell real quick. Click on the click on it and see if if it. I was just gonna look it up myself, but I but I think you can probably see it yeah. on the if you would. Um, I think it should it should be on here. Let's take a peek here and see In the description. Yeah. Oh, the, the description is is as usual. Our descriptions are are incredible. It might be it might take you a second to actually go through it. I, I probably shouldn't have put yeah. you on the spot there. I'll okay. I'll look it up. I'll look yeah, it up while we're looking at other stuff. I'm not seeing it in the description right now, um, but you know, I want to know the population because the Jordan PSA 10 is a, it's such an important card. So I I believe it's probably the most iconic card in the hobby up there with the like listen we'll see what your top 100 list ends up with but if that's not a top three i'll be surprised behind mantle and honus wagner i think that the 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 jordan has to be there so which one would i take between the two um i think i'm oh man 
listen, I, I have copies of both already. Um, I don't know this this particular copy. I'm seeing some snow in in the background here. A couple of fish eyes, the green fish eyes here. I might take the Jordan because this might not be the eight that I would want. And what bothered it's this little area here that I say that about with this kind of surface wear. But otherwise, I mean, this thing is just absolutely stunning from edges, corners, centering, tone. Uh, just a beautiful copy. So I, I don't know. Uh, which one would you take? I'm going to I'm going to pass the buck on this one. They're both great cards. And that's why I, I think it is a hard question. I would take the Russell because there's because you see the Jordan more often. You, there's 48. Yeah. There's 48 Bill Russells in an eight and there's three in a nine. And that's, that's yeah. it. Like, I take the Russell, too. I take the Russell too, just but based on the. I don't know if it's going to sell for as much or way more. I I don't know, but the other part is just that, you know, after Russell passed away, we did so much work to sort of like understand more about it. our our most recent issue of BCF is the Bill Russell is the Bill Russell um, issue. Um, Bill Bill Russell like that card to me is one of the five or six most iconic basketball cards ever made, and so is the Jordan but you're just going to see the Jordan a lot more. Whereas the Russell total population, Jeremy, like across all grades, we're talking about a little less than like 1100 cards. It's just, it's not, it's just doesn't, there's not a lot of them out there. And so, you know, for me I, and a Russell in that condition, I've never seen one of those at a show. I've never seen a Russell aid at a show. It's just, it's just a really cool card. It is. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. All right. Let's go to some more comments here coming in from the crowd. Welcome, everybody. If you're strolling in a little bit late after we got started, happy to have you, of course. Uh, Matt Lowe says the credentials Jordan being the same price as the Kobe is criminal. And I'm going to bring that up. Uh, I'm actually going to do a quick little search right now for credentials so we can get that up in a moment. Riley Delk uh, says it's my favorite card in the auction. To be honest, it's a top three to five insert for me. I'm, I'm with you, Riley. Uh, so here, let's do this and have a look at what we're talking about, guys. So here's, I just searched credentials. And it's funny that this is also one of my favorite credentials, the Tom Brady out of 25. He's got a, he's got the the future out of 25. He's He's got the now, I'm not sure what it's numbered out of. And then the base card of this, which is another amazing card. <coughs> so. But look at this top row. I mean, you've got the Jordan credentials at 75. There's the Kobe that uh, that Matt was just calling out being a little, I, I think I think he's saying that it shouldn't be as high as Jordan, but it's also rookie year. So Second year. Second, second year. year. My, okay, my mistake. I take that you back. Did. Then it's, he's definitely calling out that the, the Jordan should be more expensive. They're both stunning cards, the Jordan and the Kobe. But then in the middle here, you got the Tim Duncan. That's the rookie year, correct? That yeah, is that's the rookie, the rookie year. This is numbered out of 75, BGS 9.5, which is tough for the credentials. I love that top row, Adam. That top row, I think if I could acquire those four cards, I, I might be done collecting for at least a month. <laughs> <laughs> so I I love that you and I have sort of both this like mutual credential love thing. Um, we both we both just love them. I'm going to give kind of a hot take on the, the, the Kobe Jordan sort of situation. I think it's an interesting comparison. The Jordan for me is like a, a real grail. Like I, I think it's one of the prettiest cards ever made. I love that the serial number is upside down. I love the history on it, and I I think of the EX uh, para, the essential credentials like is like really like a real high point in the history of of card collecting. The reason that the Kobe is in the conversation though is 
not only is it graded a nine, but it's in a really old PSA case. And so, look, this is a card that has been in this case. It's been untouched by human hands for 15, 20 years. And I think that matters. It's like one of the best conditioned ones. It's one of his best parallel slash insert cards. It's, you know, just about as rare as the Jordan card is as well. And so, like, I think I think it's a reasonable question. Would you want one of the very best, if not the very best, Kobe credentials or a really nice Jordan? Like, reasonable question. I don't know. I, I, I can see somebody taking taking the Kobe. But either way, I agree with you, Jeremy. They're two of my favorite cards in the auction for sure. I love the whole top row here. Well, there's it's actually the whole the whole thing. Um, yeah, I would take the Jordan first. I would take the oh man, I mean the the Brady too. I might take the I don't know. I, I can't decide. These are these the Brady's are, the 25. I mean, it's a no. it's a huge card. The Duncan, by the way, the Duncan's a, a rookie, and for me, like maybe his coolest rookie card. It's the other version, the pink version's out of what, like nine or eight or something. But, um, and some people would just go with the PMG green immediately, which I totally get. I totally get. But I, yeah, four huge cards. For me, the order is, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. The top I'm, three I'm, are all four. I'm, I'm actually going to go, I'm going to order them Brady, Jordan, Kobe, Duncan for me. And, uh, but the dream would be to acquire both the Jordan and the Kobe. And just have that beautiful pair in the collection. All right, Ray Ray Bossa says the MJ is his dream card. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. T Dot wants to know what the Gretzky is going to get. I do have that loaded up right here. Here's the Gretzky OPG PSA nine. We see we see these. Uh, you know, I don't know if we're seeing them every auction, but we're definitely seeing them. I'm going to take a quick look at it right now. You know, first glance absolute stunner of a card zoom out just to have a look at the centering centering looks to be pretty darn good i i don't think it's it's not perfect top to bottom it's a little bit high left to right pretty good it's a little narrower up here than it is down here so a little narrower down here than it is up here so slight tilt oil drop you can see the oil drop is placed a little bit above uh what would be perfect and then the overall oilers logo from the blue circle within this black circle is just a little bit down and to the right. So, you know, not a perfect card, but Hey, it's uh, I, I would say that, listen, I've seen a lot of these nines and this one is as strong as I don't, it's not the strongest, but it's very strong. I would say it's average at least for a PSA nine at, you know, first glance without looking with a, without going, doing a deep dive at, into it at, uh, at a much higher uh, magnification so what's it going to go for great question t dot i'm not going to take a guess adam anything you want to say about the gretzky before we move on i just like na huggins comment that oil drop gets you every time <laughs> yeah i haven't seen that comment yet i'm uh, but let's keep on going vintage card collector wants to talk about the snow on the 57 russell which we've done now i guess we did that since he made the comment right. i think it's an average to below average i appeal still an awesome card yeah i, I vintage card collector you i you i called that out i guess after you made that you put the comment in and uh yeah that the the surface is where that card is is imperfect but the, the centering corners and edges were all just absolutely stunning. Uh, Wizards prefers the Jordan over the Kobe. Jason Mills says, Adam Grant, Jeremy Lee are in no particular order of my heroes. Thank you, Jason Mills. Great to have you. Says Bill Russell belongs in the GOAT conversation, but the casual fan doesn't understand. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, the, and I think part of that, though, is that the casual fan 
didn't see Bill Russell play. I think that's, that's right. what it comes. So people like, you know, Jason Mills and other historians who've studied it and watched tape and all this can speak to that much better. Agreed. CC for me, the analogy in hockey would be or versus Gretzky regarding Russell versus Jordan. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. a fair analogy. You could sub out, uh, you could sub out Bobby Orr and put in Gordie Howe, maybe a couple of other options as well, but I hear you. Uh, Jason Mill loves, Jason Mills loves the Duncan. Matt Lowe says it's it had seemed with almost every top insert MJ is two and a half to three times Kobe. That's a you know I, I don't I can't I think, verify or deny. I think that's probably true. I think he's probably right. It's 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 somewhere near that, and that's why we highlighted that sort of real condition. Uh, a PSA nine from from a long time ago and a BGS eight point five for today. Though, there's a significant difference between those two, and so again the question is. Do you want the best, like one of the very best, if not the very best Kobe or a really nice Jordan from of this, of those cards? And, and I think it's a reasonable question. And and Nikita's question here is, is a good one to me. Like that's also something that you could say about like the MJ PMG 97, right? I think that in, in the end, the question is how, you know, how recognizable it is and, and, and things like that to some people, it might bug them, Nikita. It doesn't to me. I actually didn't even realize that until you said it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't bother me. It certainly doesn't bother me on the PMG, Jordan. Um, yeah, beautiful card. All right, let's keep going. Uh, I do want to bring up... Let me just get my mouse back in control here. We're going to do that. N.A. Huggins, the person buying the Kobe credentials probably already has a Jordan or two, and it's going to irritate me when I see it on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. I hear you on that, but hey, it's a what, what, a, what a card. What a card. Matt, Matt Lowe says, I think he's talking about the Bill Russell says it would probably be a PSA 7 today. Loves the Kobe. I, I, earlier, thanks everybody for clarifying who was frozen. Adam, it was you, not me, that was frozen earlier, just, just so you're aware. Uh, Alex says the 96 credentials at a 499 Kobe is a rookie card. I think that puts it at the top. I mean, does it though? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's out of 499 versus the one we're talking about out of 73. I don't think it's as nice, but the rookie card designation certainly adds a lot of value to a card no matter what. Nikita loves the Brady card. So do I, Nikita. Oh, there's the comment about the oil drop. Yes, it does. And Tita says, Jordan is like Ali. He transcends the sport and is recognized worldwide. 100% true. And, you know, there's not that many athletes that we can say do that. You've got Michael Jordan. You've got Muhammad Ali. You've got uh, Tiger Woods. And you've got my favorite all-time athlete, Timu Solani. But outside of those four guys, I'm, I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, outside of Ali... Jordan, uh, Tiger Woods. I mean, LeBron James might be in that discussion as well. I mean, everybody knows about LeBron James. Uh, Pele, you know, who else is really in that category? So I don't know. What I do know, Jeremy, is that, you know, going back to the iconic 100 real quick, like Jordan's on that list a whole lot more than all those guys. It's not even close. So, yeah. And maybe that just has something to do with what area he played in for cardboard, but like, People voted Jordan a lot more consistently than they did any of those other guys. Yeah. No, I think it may, if you know, one way to look, to look at that, Adam would be to, if, if it was possible, figure out the, the, the market cap, the total value of each player's cards. That would be what I would call the market cap. I mean, it's, it's impossible to do at any given time even, but figure that out. And then Mm -hmm. 
do a pro rata allocation of spots on the top on top 100. I would think that Michael Jordan would be in the high high end of that range. Now he has very few cards as well compared to like Luca might have a higher market cap, but we wouldn't. No one would agree that he needs as many cards in the list as Jordan does, or right. he deserves as many. So, but if if the market cap would be a good indication, and I don't know that it would be because again, Jordan doesn't have a ton of cards out there because he's exclusive to upper deck. So, but even that with that said, that's one of the reasons. One of the reasons why his cards go for so much money because he doesn't have a ton of options out there compared to players who played in the Panini era and are not exclusive to upper deck. So a couple of, I think, parts I think Jordan's Jordan's that sweet spot where he doesn't have very much, but he has enough cards that are significant. Like he's got a lot of cards that you can sort of just lift list off throughout his career, but especially through the nineties um, that he really appeals to all types of collectors. You know, there's yeah. plenty of low end Jordan cards out there, but there's For sure. and how many million dollar cards does Jordan have at this point? It's like, there's, not one or two, like there's quite a few of them. All right. So a couple other athletes were called out by the chat as far as being kind of iconic and transcending the sport and hard to disagree. <laughs> Jackie Robinson says Nikita. I mean, I, I would never deny that, you know, like it's, it's Jackie Robinson. To me, he's more iconic than Mickey Mantle. Um, and then the cards would follow suit. Hulk Hogan. I mean, I, I didn't think of Hulk Hogan, but I mean, I, I'm not, that's a pretty good, shout out as well this next one i i don't this next one listen dan <laughs> don bradman cricket goat maybe he's iconic as an athlete in the cricket world but he certainly is not even on the radar as far as sports cards goes and i don't know if it ever will be because cricket is not is just not synonymous with sports cards like baseball hockey basketball football and soccer are at this point so um i i gotta kind of uh, give one of those to, to don bradman but Hey, there's more and more people showing interest in, in cricket cards, um, which is very cool. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you know that sport, you find it very interesting. Uh, Nahagan says, if I buy one of these cards, do I get an NFT of Adam's video description? <laughs> That's a pretty pretty neat idea. I don't know. Probably, if not, outside the, probably not an absolute no, right? Maybe. I, I, I'll, I'll make it if people buy it. I don't think people are going to buy it, though, any Huggins. Um, some of the descriptions are certainly better than others. So... Uh, maybe one of the really good ones will be the sell. I don't know. Tito says, just look at the market cap of the Air Jordan brand. And I mean, yeah, that, that yeah, like bingo. Uh, Eric, welcome, says, where the heck is Jeremy broadcasting from? I don't like the change. Get back in your office where you belong. I know, Eric, I am, uh, I am broadcasting on the road tonight. I am on a family vacation. It's uh, literally a family vacation. What I mean by that is that I brought my family with me, but we are where we are in Winnipeg. I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba right now, guys. I'm just north of North Dakota in an Airbnb. This is where I'm from originally, and I have a ton of family here. So we brought my my little kids are five and three, and we brought them out here to meet all of my cousins, all my cousins' kids. I got a ton of cousins and a lot of kids. And today my little kids met five of their cousins, uh, all all young, and it was just uh, one of the best days ever. So. Uh, and we got uh, several more days of it. Uh, Bo Jackson says Nahuggins. I mean, Bo Jackson is another one who, listen, if his career was longer, I would definitely think he could have been because he was a, a two-sport phenom who excelled in both. And uh, But I don't think he's there. I just I just don't think he's on the same level as the other people, even the ones that were just called out, even like the Hulk Hogan's and the Jackies. But he's definitely up there with Don Bradman. I'll give him that. Uh, Matt Lowe says, only man with more love than 
then black Jesus is Jesus, and that's debatable. Okay. Okay, Matt. T-Dot says, when a kid in Egypt dreams of having a pair of Nike Airs, you know you're the goat of goats. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. And Vintage Card Collector says, sounds odd, but can you discuss the Abe Lincoln Washington cut auto and thoughts in general on cuts like Babe Ruth, etc.? Adam, can you start speaking to that while I bring up the card? Yeah, of course. I So... Um, we did, we did a special video for this one that uh, aired on the PWCC Instagram page. And it was really cool being able to sort of think about what this card actually is to think that there's, you know, there's, there can't be more than a few art artifacts in the whole world that have these two autographs on them. And what razor, uh, this company that around this era put together several products, you know, they, what they were able to do here by combining both of these guys on the same card is really cool. You know, it's just one of those things where you're like, wow, this thing that I'm holding in my hand here was signed by maybe the two most famous people in American history. Like that's unbelievable. I, I don't know what more you want out of a card. Now, the fact that it's, you know, from the razor brand maybe makes it not worth as much as if it was from like upper deck or something like that. But again, beggars can't be choosers with stuff like this. It's, it's a historical sort of recognizable, incredible item for anybody. Some of the stuff that we look at here, guys, you could take to your work and people would be like, I don't know what I'm looking at. But if you took some this to work and you said, I, I own this thing, it's it's actually like from a historical document signed by Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. I just think it's incredible. But what is the value of something like that? There's so little data that, you know, basically what happens tonight determines what the value is of it. And I don't have any idea what's going to happen. It's going to come down to what someone's going to pay tonight. We're going to find out. It'll be this will, this will be a fun one to watch. I'm actually going to uh, favorite it, so I don't forget to come look at it a little bit later. Uh, this is the next row that we haven't looked at yet. I'm going to leave it up for people to look at while I go through some more comments here. Uh, 450 card says, Adam, question, do you lose your voice after a day of describing cards on YouTube for the premier auction? Do you? So it takes me like three or four days, and all I do is sit and, and record amazing card after amazing card. And people keep asking me, aren't you getting tired? Is your voice getting tired? I, I could do it for twice as long as I do. Like, I love it. It's one of the coolest things in the world to just like each card you pull up, you don't know what the next card is going to be pull it out of the box. And it's like, Oh, here, here's another, you know, hundred thousand dollar card, amazing card after amazing card. But I haven't lost my voice yet. I've, I've gone strong so far. All right, Ed Seat calls out Ken Griffey Jr. as one of these potentially uh, transcendent athletes, but I, I you're you're nodding. I'm going to shake my head on that. I just don't well, think so. I don't I guess, think enough people outside of uh, outside of like North America and uh, you know sports fans know Ken Griffey Jr. anymore. What do you think? Am I am I out to lunch on that? I guess I was asking a different, or I was I was nodding my head to a different question, which is, does he have like an extremely iconic card? And I think Griffey's. 89 upper deck card is one of the most iconic cards ever made. Um, but as I far as too. athletes go, you, if you're going back, sorry, I didn't realize we we're going back to that conversation. Yeah. He's, he's not Hogan, which is, is interesting that we're talking about Hogan and Griffey. Hogan is, I think more recognizable in the big scheme of things than Griffey. Not like they're not eons from each other, but like I would put him below Hogan. Would you? I, I yeah, I would put Griffey as, as less, a less iconic athlete than Hulk Hogan. I, I feel weird calling wrestlers athletes because I listen, they are athletes physically, uh, you know, and, and, and the, the condition they're in, they're definitely athletes. Um, maybe I should say, I, I find it awkward calling wrestling a sport 
even though sport is competitive and uh, and and physical, uh, but it's scripted. So is it you know is it is it predetermined? To me, sport should not be predetermined. All that said, who cares? It's entertainment. He's beloved. I'm a Hulk Hogan fan. I have been since I was a kid, so I'm not I'm not putting him down. And with with all of that, I would say, yeah, I think Hulk Hogan is probably more iconic of an athlete than Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Jim calls out Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher, a couple of F1 racers. And I, I, I'm not going to I don't feel qualified to, to even share an opinion on these two guys because. I. Oh. Well, guys, I think we just lost Jeremy. Can you guys confirm? Yeah, no, no. I, I, I backed up by accident. Sorry, I'm back. Okay. I like left the studio by accident. I had I had like deer in the headlights moment. I was like, did did I get lost? Did Jeremy get lost? No. Because we're dead without you, Jeremy. The show the show can't go on without you. This is this is because I am in a new uh I'm I'm not in my natural habitat here. So I apologize for that, but but I'm back. So anyway, with the two with the two F1 racers, yeah. I mean, they could be. I don't know. Adam, do you have any insight into if Hamilton and Schumacher are kind of among the most iconic athletes of all time? Like up there with the Pelés and 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 the Muhammad Ali's and Michael Jordans, I so I've told you I served in I served my mission in England and and racing there is a different world than it is here. Maybe Schumacher in different parts of the world is considered that. Maybe he is, and maybe Lewis Hamilton will be. I don't think he's there yet, but to me at this point, I I don't see them in that same in that same sort of sense as. Is some of these other guys that we're talking about. All right, let's keep it. Let's let's run through the rest of the comments. I'd like to catch up and look at some more cards. Uh, Google Barbara says Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. The world is a stage. We have very fair comment. <laughs> T Dog calls out Razor Ramon. I think because of Razor, because of the Razor brand. And a Huggins has agree not on the same level, but was going for one outside the box in Bo Jackson. He's one of the few athletes that my kids recognize from our era, which is remarkable considering a short career. Yeah, very, very fair. It's a good point. Richie Barone, the mayor of Canada in the house, residing in Long Island, says that and he's talking about the dual auto, the Lincoln Washington. Doing well, Richie. Doing well. We got a chat soon, buddy. Uh, Jesse calls us Serena Williams. That's a great call out right there. I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to argue that one. Rich calls out Nolan Ryan. Just, just, I don't think so, Rich. I mean, again, he's, he's just, he doesn't transcend baseball. I don't think Nolan Ryan, I uh, certainly doesn't transcend North American sports. I don't think, but listen, I don't live internationally, so I can't say for sure. Keep it on going. The freak says, should graded PMGs, sorry, should PMGs graded by PSA hold higher value than by BGS? The grading difference is quite large for PMGs between these two companies. That's a that's one of the questions that our hobby is dealing with on an ongoing basis is what what grading companies grading is worth more for the same card. You know, the SGC 9.5 Mickey Mantle just did 12 point. I, it was a 12.5 or 12.6. It slipped my mind. But anyway, 12 and a half million dollars. Like if a BGS 9.5 Mickey Mantle was sold, what would that sell for? I don't know. But the the freak. This question is specifically poignant when it comes to PMGs because I do think that the two companies approach them a little bit differently because I've seen one company graded a, 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 a five or a six and the next company grades it, you know, a, a seven or an eight. And I don't think that's really an in, so much of an inconsistency in 
application of standards. I think it's that they have different standards for these for these particular cards. I may be completely wrong with that, but so what should be great? What should be worth more? I do think that PSA grades it a little bit more harsh, just based on some experience. So maybe a higher grade PSA should be worth more. Adam, you're probably much more of an expert on this. So well, I don't know if I am, but I will say I will say there's two variables. You and I have talked about this before a couple of times. There's two variables. One is the grading company, and the, the other is when the card was graded. And so you have the issue that maybe that, that, that sort of being indicated here that PSA is tougher on these cards than Beckett. It's probably true. What's also probably true is PSA doesn't grade these cards the same they did five years ago, right? Like so, so you can't just say I want a PSA this. You can't just say I want a BGS that. What I think you want to say, and this is where the hobby's moved in the last few years, is you want to look at the card, like. Don't think about the grade as much. Look at the card. Ask yourself if the card is what you want and do your own sort of interpretation of what the grade ought to be. And if you do that, like you're, you come out all the better for it because you're getting the best card for your book, not the best number. Because at the end of the day, especially since there has been some inconsistency between brands and eras, I just think it matters less than, than the card itself and the holder does. Well said, man. Well said. It just comes back to buy the card, not the grade as much. And I appeal is everything. There's a Kobe PMG red in this auction. I believe it's a PSA 3.5. It's got like almost a a, a good chunk out of the corner. The corner's not missing, but the the surface of the corner is missing. A, A good couple square millimeter type of thing. And I thought, and it was still like 70K when I looked at it yesterday. So, you know, it, sometimes it sometimes it's not even about the the condition, Adam. Sometimes it's just about filling in that that hole in your binder for your right. set, right? right? And just get any copy you can because otherwise you're never going to. These cards, you know, I, I was going to say these cards are in diamond hands a lot of the times. They don't come up yeah. again, but I can't really say that because it's so hard to say what's going to come up next time. And we see more and more cards coming up more and more. It is the, the Kobe's are really interesting. Uh, one to point out, and this this is another thing that we've talked about before that I think is really critical for people to understand. The fact that it's a 3.5 tells you that the card is unaltered. And it's not just because it's low. It's because, as you just pointed out, Jeremy, and let's take a look at it later, like there's a part of the surface that has such significant chipping. You can see the white. Well, if somebody was to go out and alter that card, what would they, what would they do? They'd take the card, they'd take a red Sharpie and they'd go right over that area that was white and make it, you know, look better. Right. But the fact that it's graded a 3.5 tells you, and somebody didn't do that. And so for me, I want the card, even if it's a two or a one, like I want the card that's unaltered before, you know, it being altered. And to be fair on this card, I would love an altered copy. Right. So like to me right here, like this is a situation where, again, this to me is like, one of the critical 90s Kobe cards. I would do anything. I would love to own this card in this condition. It's original. It's an original Kobe PMG PMG with the red, with the chipping. It's fantastic. And leave it just like it is and, and love it. And um, to me, like, I don't care what the grade is on it. Yeah, and, you know, it is what it, it is. look, it's got, it's got issues on the edges. The bottom left corner here has, like, a, like a ridge... It's almost separated. There, there's some red left over here, and then you got a white, you know, missing color, and then you've got red again. I think that's kind of neat. The bottom edge has several defects all along it. So, but obviously, I don't mind. I don't even mind this so much for a PMG. But this is, you know, on, on any other card, this is like killer. 
but it's really, it really comes down to this top right corner. You know, even the top edge, you got you got some chunk missing right there all along. But this is this is the one where <clears throat> like I don't know if I owned this card and I was looking at it, I think my eyes would be coming to this corner quite a bit. But listen, it doesn't matter. 85,000 plus buyers premium. This card's already over hundred thousand dollars. Okay, I'm gonna run through. We we have our special guests in the back. I'm not gonna bring you out quite yet, Phil. I'm gonna bring you out in a couple of seconds. I want to run through the comments to make sure we can kind of start fresh with with Phil when he comes back. So I'm gonna do this and I'm going to uh Jason Mill says, Adam, did you think I was gonna open that case in my video the other day? Sure, I wanted to. Uh NA Huggins says it's all entertainment with respect to our conversation about Hulk Hogan. Hello to you, Jerry. Hotch, we got Ed C calls out Pele. I agree with that. Eric says wrestling is not a sport, but they are great athletes. Agree. Josh Packham, any tennis players make that list for you? We did talk about Serena. I I, I think she would. I mean, when I was growing up, it was all about Bjorn Borg. That's who I remember when I, back in the early days. CB Collection says it's like Undertaker versus the Hulk. Eddie Merckx is the greatest cyclist of all time. Lance, Lance Armstrong isn't a terrible call out by any means i mean he's had some controversy but he's definitely an iconic athlete nikita says lebron or curry who is more iconic worldwide lebron i would think is uh richie brown barone says i'm too canadian <laughs> definitely canadian richie t says what do you guys think about the pop one psa nine star jordan that sold for 400k i mean nice sale nice sale for the seller and a nice pickup for the buyer very low population very very scarce and that card is super super hot uh, Neil Armstrong autograph, great card. Uh, T Dot thinks it's ludicrous, I guess, on the star card. Dave Bolaton says 52 tops mantle and Tito Six Wagner are iconic cards. Grading company doesn't matter. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Jerry says, Am I one of the only collectors who doesn't care about graded cards? I collect for the joy of collecting, not what a card is worth. No, you're not one of the only ones, Jerry, uh, at all. A lot of people collect just like that. NA Huggins says, seems like just getting a number grade from PSA on a PMG is a win. Hey, yeah, I mean, I've, I've submitted a, a 2012 retro that didn't get a number grade, and I was still happy to get it slabbed even. So buy the card, not the grade for sure. Vintage card, look at the Iverson Red PMG BGS8. With that edge chipping, it's probably a 4 or a 5 in PSA. I mean, we can talk about this all day long. Uh, Dave Kaplan says, okay, you know what? Hold on. Phil, are you ready to join us? He is ready. We got a lot right. of comments. We got a lot, a lot of comments. comments. I don't want to keep Phil waiting. He's been back there for four minutes already, which is quite <laughs> quite a long time when you're just hanging out. So I'm going to uh, take this comment on. Let's bring out Phil. Phil Orlando, Filmington. Welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And as I, as I mentioned earlier, before you came on to the crowd, um, you know, we've had on uh, we had John, the basketball card guy. He's been our special guest on the program for the last uh, two or three episodes. It, it was great. We'll have him back. It was great having him. Um, but I wanted to mix it up a little bit and bring in somebody who can can speak with real expertise on some a different genre. And and Phil, um, as far as I know you, uh, and we you've been on you've been on Sports Cards Live with me before. I've watched your content. You're a modern baseball guy. You follow the sport. You dive into the stats. You love the cards. You love the hobby. I thought bringing you on to talk about some modern baseball, there's like 30 cards that really fit, I believe, your niche. Not to say you can't speak to vintage as well, but kind of why I want to bring you on. So welcome. I hope I hope people enjoy what you're going to bring. And we're going to do a we're going to do a, a search of just the cards that I think you can speak to momentarily. And we'll kind of, you know, touch on it every so often. But once again, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Anything you'd like anybody to know about you where they can find you online? Anything like that? 
pretty easy to find. Filmington, um, same handle on eBay, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I'd say my slabs too. We can't really look up sellers by their name, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like Jeremy said, uh, mostly modern baseball. I tried to dabble in the vintage baseball a little while back. Wasn't really having it. Just didn't really feel a whole lot of attachment to the cards. Um, I've tried other sports too, but yeah, modern baseball is really my niche. Right on, right on. Okay, so we're gonna get that. I want I want to run through some more comments. Then we're gonna dive into that vintage the, into the the modern baseball that Phil's gonna speak to. It'll give us. I got to I got to admit. We've been doing the show, Adam and I, together with with uh, with a malt with uh, you know we, we've had on Eric Myers, we've had on Jesse Craig. Going back to before Adam worked for PWCC, we were bringing on one of those guys who worked there. Now we're bringing you. We've had John, the basketball card guy, and now we're now we got Filmington joining the roster of, of alumni from this particular episode. It's great to have. Let's run through a few more comments. Uh, Dave Kaplan calls out the Mickey Mantle. Says check out the Fifty Tops Mantles, which we 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 did that earlier in the pre-show, especially the BVG the BVG one point five is seriously overperforming, while my PSA one is still a steal. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Dave, because if we look at those two cards side by side, the BVG one point five is seriously beautiful, and your your PSA one is seriously not so hey, beautiful but listen let me just 50- let me jeremy let me just say real quick in the pre-show yeah. david i was all over your your psa one i was talking about how it was such a cool card jeremy just totally trashed it, it just totally <laughs> trashed just kidding he didn't trash it we had a really good conversation about it and uh i think jeremy i think it's a good idea at some point we should pull those up yeah we we will we will pull them up again um and i i told dave i said listen remind me during the show to talk about uh, your mantle, because that's what we like to do on the show is, you know, if you're watching the show and you have a card in the, in the auction and you'd like us to look at it, bring some attention to it, like happy to do it. If you're bidding on a card, happy to do that too. So, um, let me just, uh, let me just do the search really quickly. We'll bring up the mantles in the meantime. I'm just going to run through Tito says it's nice to have the best of the best condition wise, but I still have a three Gretzky compared to a seven for the money. Very fair. Nikita, the BVG15 mantle is truly extraordinary. It truly is. Uh, and, and Alex says the same thing. Dave says we'll see more 52 mantles in the next six months than we see in the last three years. Junkyard says I I centered I centered four with some cornerware. A center four can bring more than a sharp. Yeah, it, eye appeal is so important in this. What about Mike Phelps and Tony Hawk? They could be in the discussion for sure. Ooh, yeah. <coughs> okay. I'm going to skip a bunch of comments, guys. I apologize that. Although Eric Stefano does say Phil for Prez. So there's a little love for it. There he goes. There he goes. Just love it. Love it. Judge just missed number 61 by two to three uh, inches. Very, very close. Dave says it's desirable in any condition. So let's do this. Let's have a look at these mantles. And I, it is desirable in any condition. And this, listen, this PSA 1. I mean, $18,000 right now is, uh, it's higher than I thought it would get. Um, you know, paper loss, creases, wrinkles, tape stains. It's, there are, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a week one. I would say it's a week one, but like, like Dave says, it is desirable in any condition. And this is, you know, the, this is the best that most people can afford. So, uh, you know, it comes down to, do you want to, do you want to copy the card or not? And if you do, you might have to go with that, but the BVG 1.5, there's no doubt about it, is a far superior card any which way you look at it. Okay. Keeping on going here. Uh, we have a question for Phil from uh, Vintage Card Collector. Says, what do you think about the Otani Japanese Auto 
versus the Topps Chrome Auto. Super cool looking, but what is preferred for collectors? So th that's that's an interesting question. I think time will tell on that one. Clearly, there are far fewer of the Japanese autos, and that's it's kind of a cool thing, kind of a unique thing to kind of have that, you know, um, different native text on the card itself. Um, I would think in time, uh, so there's a Goodwin Champions Otani auto, right, up as part of this auction. I would think in time that those cards get a little bit more uh, appreciation, especially given that Otani does have a ton of low-numbered, highly sought-after rookie cards in a lot of autographs uh, versus other players that debuted in, say, 2017 or even 2018. So I think there's some upside there with the Japanese auto cards. And I think there's a, a few of them that a lot of collectors don't even know about. I think Topps Finest might have had one. Um, I mean, it's not your typical kind of flagship sets where you see those uh, all of those autographs. So it's a good question. You know, part of me does think of... Uh, 2001 Bowman Chrome with Ichiro. He had the the English version, Japanese version. They both kind of look the same. Front of the card, indiscernible differences, right? Um, and they made the same amount of each, and and they sell kind of close to the same. Uh, different situation there because the the rarity is different, and there's less uniqueness with the Japanese version. But yeah, I think that's definitely one to to watch with Otani for sure. Good hey, Jeremy, Good. yes, Adam. Jeremy, can you show that Otani? Uh, I think Goodwin or Exquisite. Right there, yeah. It, the autograph on this is now. I, I, unlike Phil, I'm not. I'm not a modern baseball guy. I, I hadn't seen this before, but this one, when it showed up in the box for me to do the video of it, really stood out because you just don't see autographs where people take a lot of time. And you look at this one for two seconds, and you immediately notice, oh my goodness, this isn't just kind of like a cool autograph. That's amazing. That's a beautiful, beautiful card and incredible autograph and. If I was a collector, Phil, I don't know how you feel, Phil, but like if I was a collector of Otani and I wanted something that was like really rare and different, this might be kind of a cool way to sort of like show that in my collection. Does he have many more sort of autographs like like this than than the than the good one, or is this sort of the one that people know? About? I think there there's there's a few others. I can't name them all offhand, but yeah, they're they're few and far between. Uh, you don't see these cards come up often uh, for auction, especially. Phil, what is the what are the baseball community? What do they think? Like in this, the autograph is cool. There's no doubt about it. The picture of him here, I just noticed he's wearing a suit. You know, he's not in in a in in his uniform and in, in his jersey on the on the mound or at bat. What is uh what is what does it mean to you? How do you how do you assess this card based on the fact that he's in street clothes? Nice street clothes, mind you. Does it matter? Uh, you know. Well, the, the the big knock on football cards, one of the big knocks on football cards, not being able to catch um, the the same kind of demand level as basketball and even baseball in the hobby, really, is because you can't see the players' faces at all, right? Because the the helmets are in the way. So, at least here, you know, he's not he's not swinging, he's not pitching, he's not in uniform. Um, he's it kind of reminds me a little bit of what the uh, the the Bowman uh, Rivera rookie in kind of the, the funky, uh, street clothes there. So, I mean, it, it works. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think it detracts from the, the value and the overall appeal of the card and it's unique. Um, Luis Robert has a, has a Bowman Chrome, um, first card where he's kind of sitting, it's like middle of a press conference or something. And he's like sitting next to a Dasani bottle and it's just a unique card. You know, he's not playing, he's not swinging, but it works. So I think this is okay. Uh, I think this is a nice picture of him. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it it doesn't offend me at all. It is a very nice picture. You can actually see his what he looks like in full. The autograph is stunning. It's exquisite. It's got that brand going for it. It's out of ninety nine. It's upper deck. Great card. An eight 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 car eight grade on the card. Ten grade on the auto. It's currently sitting at twenty four thousand dollars plus buyer's premium. Uh, Phil, so listen, you are. Uh, oh, here here we go. T dot also says reminds me of the Rivera rookie. Not very something. I guess there's more to come there, but. Phil, we've I've done the sort here in the in the premier auction, and you can see I've sorted uh, by highest price baseball cards after the year two thousand. Did I do kind of a good job at honing in on your sweet spot? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, so let's go through. Um, if you don't mind, just sort of speaking to some of these cards, you can you can pick whichever. I mean, we may as well start at the top with the Otani. We here we got a twenty eighteen Bowman Chrome Gold Refractor. Autographed out of 50, PSA 10, population one of eight. How important is this card to you and your baseball card collecting brethren? Well, I mean, it looks like it would be a very important card, like you said. It's a Bowman Chrome. Uh, he doesn't have a first autograph, it's the rookie autograph, which you have here. So you don't have to worry about a competing rookie card. Um, from the Bowman set, at least. And like you said, as a gold refractor, everybody in the hobby, in baseball, outside of baseball, likes gold. It's considered an original color for Bowman Chrome, so that's great. He's batting, which ordinarily would be great and a, in a, a, certainly an asset for the uh, and a, a positive for Otani cards, right? Because we've seen, I mean, go back to, was it 33 Gaudi? It's kind of out of my sweet spot here. But with Babe Ruth, people prefer the, the batting pose, even though that one might have been printed more than some of the other ones, right? So... <laughs> And that's the only person we can care, compare Otani to. That's why I bring up Ruth. So, and that's shown last year. And I think it's helped that he sort of separated his skill set last year with a bat, took it to another level. And that's where you saw the batting postcards kind of stand out. Now, unfortunately, there is another Bowman Chrome autograph card and it does have a pitching pose. There's a few of them actually in this auction. And that one is preferred because it came out in an earlier set. So the one that's pictured here is from Bowman Chrome. He's got the, the pitching pose out of Bowman. And while they kind of sold for similar levels, I think last year, people were trying to figure out the best Otanis to buy. Maybe a lot of people were entering the market. I mean, you know, you had a lot of people entering the market last year in the first quarter, right? So trying to figure out which Otani was the best one to buy. And uh, once kind of the noise went away, um, the pitcher pose went back to the top, surface to the top. So I think it sells a little bit better in comparable grades still. One of the nice things about this card is, though, so Otani's got a lot of streaky autographs, um, especially with, I think, the Bowman Chrome. I've noticed it more with that than the Topps Chrome. So this one looks pretty clean. Um, don't have the best view of it, but it's certainly better than some of the other autographs. I mean, it's not perfect. I wouldn't say it's a 10, but it's not as streaky as some of the other uh, cards in this auction. So I guess this is a card that I'd avoid because I'd want the pitching pose. If I was going to spend, you know, 85K plus, I'd go for the pitching pose and actually in a lesser grade. Um, and if I could get a good autograph, so Beckett says this one's a 10, so it looks pretty solid, maybe a little bit better than the PSA 10s. Um, I might be more inclined to, to go for that. Plus it's true gem plus. Um, so that's true gem plus plus. That's plus even plus. better. So that could be a, a, a crossover candidate actually too. So, so, so let me ask you this, Phil. We have the, we have the batting pose here, 2018 Bowman Chrome. We have the 2018 Bowman Chrome rookie autographs pitching pose. This one's out of 50. This one's out of 50. Both have autographs that are nice enough. 
both gold. This one's at $28,000 right now, and this one's at $85,000 right now. Why, why is that? Well, well gem 10. I mean, so, 10. So, so, so one of the cars we're going to talk about soon kind of shows the, the contrast uh, on the, with the high-end market, and it's across all, all modern sports that I've noticed it for. Um, you, you see PSA 10 really start to dominate, be just 9.5, even more so with those upper echelon cards. So you might see like a 2X multiplier, if we're dealing with a card that's, you know, under 20K, under 10K. But once you get into the, you know, the Pujols territory there, then you start to see that really blow up. Um, so I think, you know, somebody's going for the PSA 10. You know, they're truly going for an investment grade example of an awesome Otani card. Uh, but, you know, I think it might be a little short-sighted unless I'm missing something that I can't see. Maybe the back of the card on the Beckett. <laughs> Maybe it's overgraded. I don't know. Uh, but I think I, I I suspect that that will close. That gap will close rather than narrow, um, or sorry, rather than expand over the next uh, few minutes here as we wrap up. But wow, interesting. Okay, so the next question I want to ask you is: I'm looking across this top row, and I did sort by highest price, and you've got you got the Otani, you got the Juan Soto, you got the Pujols, and you got the Trout. Now. For me, as you know, and I do not follow modern baseball, but I hear a lot about it because I'm, you know, so entrenched in our hobby. Um, and I don't collect any of these guys. I do have a Pujols. I have his SP Authentic uh, rookie card, and I'm happy to have it. I've had it for a while. I actually got it off uh, the mayor of Canada, Rich Barone, who's in the in the chat here or was earlier. In any event, if I were to um, if I were to look at these car these these four cards, and I was kind of deciding to buy one or two of them. Uh, the player I know the least about that I hear the least about is Juan Soto. I'm very familiar with, with Pujols, Trout, Otani. Is there, like, that's my perspective. What is, what is the bait? What are the baseball experts? How do you rank these four players and how do you rank these four cards? I mean, that's a tough one because I mean, it, it's, it's sort of apples to oranges, but I think prior to this season starting, I think Soto and Otani were kind of neck and neck with regards to just like um, hobby desirability. And I think Otani's pulled ahead of Soto. Soto hasn't had the best of year. He's walked a lot, but he's hasn't really done much in the way of putting together a, a, a season like on par with what he did last year, which was arguably one of his best years. Um, so this is probably his worst statistical year. Now, I mean, Soto, a lot of people think that Soto's like uh, his peak his peak level would be pools, but the issue there is that pools um, is closing in on 700 home runs and Soto hasn't yet hit more than 34 in a season. Right. And this is his 18, 19, 20, his fourth kind of, well, I wouldn't say full season because his rookie year was a little bit shorter, but let's say third full season. So his, the issue with him, and I wouldn't say it's an issue. It's just more of a difference is he doesn't quite have the launch angle to be able to, to get to a 40 home run season, unless he makes tweaks, you know, this is a guy that's still super young, super young. And I think he was the quickest player ever to get to 500 walks. I think that just happened. So he's got tons of upside. He's not yet in his prime. I don't feel, I think he's just going to get better. Um, but him and pools are similar because they contribute with kind of like the pure hitter type things you're looking for. You're looking for a high average high on, high on base percentage and in power. Um, 
but again, he's not quite at, at Pools' level with the power, but he's a, he's ahead of Pools probably with regards to plate discipline, especially at his young age. Wow. Okay. Now, now Trout, obviously, you know, what's this five, five years in a row where he's missed significant time um, or at least some time. Um, it's going to be four years in a row where he finishes or three or three or four years in a row where he finishes outside the top three for MVP, which is sort of an issue for Trout. Uh, but he still has, you know, if you look at the first 10 years of his career, it's right up there with Pools first 10 years, which is, I'm sure, you know, Jeremy, he was Pools was much more dominant in his first like 10 to 12 years. Now, a lot of people will look at the numbers and say that Pools was a lot better, but from a war perspective, because Trout played above average center field, and War gives you a little bit of bump for playing a more premium position. Um, center field is one of those shortstops, another. First base is not. Pujols played a little bit at third base, but not really much at all. Uh, of course, Trout had the the base running. He stole 40-plus bases a few times. So if you look at their overall capabilities in their first 10 years together, their wars were actually very similar, and Trout did it in, in fewer plate appearances. Uh, but <laughs> Pujols has stayed healthy. Uh, he's avoided injuries. He hasn't been that great up until now over the course of the last five years or so. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think people are like, look at Otani. People are recognizing that longevity is great. But if you show dominance over a short, shorter time period, uh, Sandy Koufax, Pedro Martinez, Aaron Judge might be a great example. We're seeing it right now. Um, uh, may, maybe that's maybe that's good enough to call these guys elite. And maybe there's something just as special about that. Um, I, I know ESPN put out their list of like top, I think, 50 baseball players of all time. And Trout, I think they had him at like, was it 11? I forget if it was 11 or 8. And Pools was like outside of the top 25. That probably wasn't fair to Pools. Um, and maybe they were breaking in that that Trout would stay a little bit healthier maybe this year and going forward. This back issue is a problem, Jeremy. Hmm. And I know he's been decent this month, but the strikeouts are way up. Um, I'm holding trout. So full disclosure. So it's, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to knock down his values, but there, there is some risk there going forward in that, um, you know, how much is that back affecting his performance? The strikeouts that's uncharacteristic for trout. Some players are able to, you know, strike out 150 to 200 times in a season and put up decent numbers. Trout's usually a little bit below that. The OBP is usually a little bit higher. Um, and, uh, and he's crushing the ball, which he usually does. But the the advanced stats they do uh, give me a reason to to worry a little bit at least. But I need let's see another year for, from yeah. from Trout. Yeah. Wow. Like, listen, I don't know if you guys caught that, but that that was a a knowledge dump right there. Um. On and the, and and Adam and I do this show every month, and we've never honed in on these cards, and that's why I wanted yeah. to to bring Phil on and and bring these cards some attention. When I say these <laughs> cards, I mean these four across the top, and all the rest of them. There's a Lewis uh, Robert, we've got uh, Aaron Judge right there. I mean, these are all amazing cards uh, north of 20,000. Mookie Betts right there. Um, I'm just trying to find different players that are showing up on the list. There's an Ichiro. I, lo I love this SPF. That's the same year of, as the Pujols rookie. Uh, my, there's another Trout, a Julio Rodriguez. We've got Bobby Witt Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, Gunnar Henderson, I'm not even familiar with him. And so I guess I'm going through this because I want to ask you again, um, Phil, is there anything as we look at these 30 cards on this on this list today, again, baseball cards since 2000 in the premier auction, 
Is there, do you have like a diamond in the rough here? Is there a card that you think is the best of all of these that maybe not, maybe isn't on the top row here? Cause I am sorted by, by price right now. Anything you'd call some attention to? Yeah, sure. So quickly with the, uh, the, the Albert Pools card, um, I think there's been a PSA 10 uh, and it's, it's hard to find, you know, so it was a PSA 10 with a, uh, a perfect auto. This one looks, this one looks pretty good. Uh, but I think there's been P- at least one or two PSA 10s that have sold north of $300,000. Uh, BJS 9.5s, so I'm not sure even with auto 10s. I don't know if they've cracked 100K yet. So that's kind of an example of what I was talking about with the divergence of BGS 9.5 versus PSA 10 with some of the more expensive cards. This Soto here, um, there's been, there have been examples of orange Sotos that have sold for, I believe, over $125,000 to $150,000. Granted, that happened maybe quarter one this year where baseball was very hot. Um, maybe it hadn't yet uh, kind of softened like the rest of the modern sports markets uh, as, as much. So maybe it's a little bit late to catching up. Of course, Soto didn't have a great year. But this orange refractor, what I noticed, so I've done uh, on my Instagram, I posted Bowman Chrome multipliers. It's based on five months of data from this year, from January through May. And what I noticed, one of the biggest changes in my findings were orange, the orange, true orange, which this is, um, you saw a, a huge range. I used to see between, you know, 10x to 15x multiplier off the base. Um, and then when I initially, like, when I initially re- revealed my findings, people told me like, well, hold on, orange looks low. The reason why orange looked low was because I didn't go, um, I didn't look at sites away from eBay enough. And what people have been doing is they're starting to list more and more. Uh, of course, Adam knows this. Starting to list more and more high-end cards that would have normally went on eBay um, through you know third-party auction sites like PWCC. So I started to grab more data from PWCC, Golden, etc. What I noticed was there were some orange uh, autographs of Soto, Tatis, and others that were selling for you know again the multiplier. What I was used to was like thirteen to fifteen. Some of these were close to like 32 to 36 times the base card. So just like a long tail, still the mean is probably somewhere closer to 15, but long tail um, with that distribution, especially for the most elite players. And uh, so this Soto could end up being a pretty good deal for whoever buys it, assuming that that 30X multiplier sticks (laughs) for the top players in the league. Um, Keep on scrolling down, focus on another card. So there's a bunch of Mookie bets. So Aaron Judge here, I heard that there was a uh, PSA 10 blue auto. Somebody said on Facebook, I don't know if this is true, but somebody said that, oh, you know, I'm trying to sell my BGS 9.5 for 35K because a PSA 10 just sold for 50K. And that really surprised me because that means that Judge is selling for close to like eight to 10 times Mookie bets. Um, And maybe a couple of years ago, I wrote off Aaron Judge as being like, you know, he's probably not going to be a Hall of Famer. He debuted too late. He had injury issues. He missed some time. But he's he's already at like a 30 fan graphs war based on the 11 war that he's putting up this year. So if he, if he does 80% of what he did this year for like two or three more years, he's right up there, up to like 50 war, fan graphs war. And he's only like 33 years old at that point. And who knows? Like this is a guy that, um, I mean, such a historic season. I'm a Red Sox fan, but he's playing right now against my team. Um, whether you know whether you want to believe that Bonds and that 73 home runs is the real record or not, still the American League record is still 61, and he has a great chance of breaking that. Plus the triple crown, 
which he has right now. I think he has like a 317 average. I think Bogarts also has like a 317 average. I'm not sure. Maybe that's changed um, over the last few hours. But <laughs> if he does a triple crown and 60 home runs, um, man, I mean, he's going to get a contract. I don't know if it's going to be from the Yankees, but this card's a little bit out of my price range. But I'm starting to think more and more that maybe Judge could be like a viable long term investment candidate where I wouldn't, if you asked me three months ago, I would have said you were crazy for uh, wow. for suggesting that. <laughs> Uh, all right. So we got the Otani card. We already talked about that. Scroll down. I know there's a, yeah. a few Mookie and Betts take, cards. Yep. Take take a breather for one sec. Take a breather for one sure. sec. I want to go to Adam for a minute and just say, Adam, what do you, what do you think of what we're hearing right now? I mean, we we haven't had Phil on the show before. Um, this is a, a new, almost a new, <coughs> excuse me, a new level of of analysis and information. Um, what do you think? So I think that you know, Phil's touched on a couple of really super interesting things to me that. I, like I didn't even realize, for example, don't 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 judge me for this. I didn't even realize that Otani had two different, um, you know, Bowman Chrome rookie cards. And so, you know, sort of hearing you talk through that and and sort of thinking about thinking through some of those things, it makes me wonder. You know, the the pitching versus the the batting and things like that. There, it's hard it's hard to to keep track of everything, even if you find that you're like a real expert in one of these. Um, individual groups it's hard to it's hard to know everything so i think it's awesome that you know you've brought some expertise to the show that that jeremy and i just frankly don't have um and and i love hearing you talk about pujols uh, as well is somebody you talked about holding uh, did you said you're holding trout is, it, is that who you said you're holding right now trout or judge yeah yeah i'm holding uh, trout right now what do you think about what do you think about pujols like we know where he's at historically would you think of Pujols right now as somebody who you should buy sort of before he gets there? Or do you have any thoughts on that? I don't know. It kind of feels like one of those things where like he's getting that hype build up and people buy in anticipation of that event or milestone, or you could say the same thing about, okay, we think that LeBron's going to win a championship next year. Let's buy him now um, while he's still in the second or third round of the playoffs. And then you sort to see like the dip happen um, as they're approaching a milestone or um, shortly afterwards. or So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a short-term sell-off with pools. But I think long-term, um, now baseball, unfortunately, this movement to war, and I have adopted it and I am kind of a war advocate, but I understand that these milestones, they're important too. Uh, the counting stats are important too. And I don't know who's going to be the next guy that gets to like 600 right. home runs. Even if Trout was to stay healthy for the rest of his 30s, I don't know if he would get to 600 home runs. Um, so never mind 700 home runs, right? So I think I think people will look back and you look at the 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 war. I mean, he's close to like Frank Robinson, Stan Musial, I believe. So those are some decent comps. Um, you could argue that both of those guys are undervalued, but. I think what's more important for Pujols is that that card right there, I mean, that's the most iconic Bowman Chrome autograph if it's not the Trout. And that's the first Bowman Chrome autograph. That's the first year they did them, right? Um, a rookie instead of a prospect card, but still. Um, and he's got fewer cards than Trout. Who doesn't have a whole lot? But um, yeah, I think um, I think long-term he's a pretty solid bet. It's just a matter of, is he going to be remembered as like a top 10 player of all time or like a top 20 to 30 player of all time are people going to hold some of that other stuff against him like you you know he didn't have speed he wasn't a um, tremendous defensive talent throughout his entire career 
he tapered off after his first 12 or 13 years. Um, and um, he was quite average probably for the last five years. He's actually had a negative war for, for a few years. Um, so, you know, if you want to be like super negative towards him, you could be like, well, he's a compiler, but is he really a compiler if he's at 700 home runs and he was one of the best players ever for a period of 10 years, right? So being that generational talent from the years 2000 to 2010, um, him and Ichiro were like, you know, they were super popular back then and Pujols' yep. numbers were greater, um, I would argue. So, yeah, I think he's a solid long-term bet, but it's hard to kind of, it's hard to kind of compare him to to Trout and, and to some others and all-time greats as well at this point. One thing that I'll just add real quick, Jeremy, before, before we jump in is that um, I worked at a card shop back when that card came out. Um, and I remember the Ichiro and the, the Pujols craze. It was, it was, you know, we haven't seen, I don't know, at least in Salt Lake, we haven't seen too many times where like baseball prospects have sort of captured the hobby. You know, it's not usually considered like real a baseball area as far as that goes, at least, at least for younger guys, maybe for guys that are getting, you know, to big time milestones or, you know, back when it was like the Sosa McGuire year, I have, everybody remembers that obviously, but like that card right there, that Bowman Chrome Pujols card, that's been a big card for 20 years now. And so um, it's funny how some cards are big all along the way and people always know about them. And then other cards just sort of like pop up. You go, Oh, that, you know, that ended up being a big card and I didn't know about it, but that one is the reason you see so many old BGS nine, nine five holders on that is, because it was a big card 20 years ago. It's been graded for a long time. So thanks for giving it, giving us some history on that. That was cool to know. Yeah, you, you, you're right. You're exactly right on that, Adam. That's a card that, uh, that, that you know, me not being a baseball guy, this is a card that I've thought about for the past 20 years. You know, it's been on my radar. And, uh, and I believe it's out of 500. Is that right? Yeah, it's out of 500. And not all the auto, autographs are intact. This one has a gorgeous autograph. So to see a BGS 9.5 with a 10... This might be one of the finest examples of this card that exists at this point in time. And if you're the buyer of this card, make sure you're not putting it out on display in the sun. Uh, Phil, before yeah. we move on, anything you'd like to, to say to wrap that, that up? No, the last thing is just there's there are no other parallels of this card, which kind of differentiates it from the yes. trout. There's also not a base card. So that makes it <laughs> that makes it even more important. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Very cool. Um, actually, we're not going to wrap out quite wrap that up. Well, we'll wrap up two holes, but Chris Wong asked a question about 20 minutes ago now, but I want to bring it up. And he says, uh, just to clarify the batting. So this is with regard to Shohei Otani. He says the batting usually sells for more with others, just with Otani that the pitching is better. Can you uh, provide some clarity on that? Yeah. So with, with Otani, um, now, there are very few examples where he's got in one set where you can compare apples to apples, like pitching pose versus hitter pose. But what you'll notice with Otani is hitter pose matters a lot. So like the Topps Chrome autograph sells for a lot. That's a that's a, a batting pose. Um, he's got a number of other cards that you can get that are parallels, low numbered parallels with him in a pitching pose. Um, and even some short prints, what you notice is that usually the hitting poses are just a little bit more desirable. They get a little bit extra of a bump where you might get a little bit of a discount with the pitching pose. But with this card here, this card that we're talking about here, the Bowman Chrome cards, um, it's the pitching pose that you want. So that's the one example for Otani where, um, you want the pitching pose and that's because it came in an earlier set Bowman, which was released probably around April, uh, Bowman Chrome later in the fall that year. 
Got it. Okay, thank you for that clarity. Uh, Dave Bolaton made the comment that Pujols had one Hall of Fame career and one very mediocre career, and and uh, Phil is nodding in agreement. Kevin Walsh says, imagine if Pujols had just an average war season each year with the Angels. Always fun to imagine for sure. Uh, rubber side down, a nice comment that uh, Phil gives some of the best insights around. Great to hear that. Rage in the house says, what's my main man Phil Minton doing here? Jeremy and Adam salute the three amigos. Thank you very much. And he says, uh, what Otani is doing will be in the Hall of Fame one day period legendary stuff. What do you think, uh, Phil? Is Otani already a Hall of Famer? Like one word answer. Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I got to do that. Just let's get the let's get straight to the point. All right. Good stuff. Um, we can we can look at these cards a bit more, but let's go back. Uh, what I want to do now is I'm going to bring back the screen share, and uh, we're just going to see what's going on along the top here. The last three bids that have come in that I'm seeing are soccer, tennis, soccer with uh, Serena. And Pele being in there. Oh, the Bobby Orr PSAH just got a bid up to 44000 Now, I may be way well be up behind on this. I often is because I haven't refreshed this page in a while. But um, let's actually go to the main page. We had we had uh, we were making our way through the main, the first page of the auction. And uh, I want to look at this card here, Adam. If you could take a moment, I'm going to open this one up. We're not going to speak to this uh, too much to this LeBron uh, Atomic or Tops Crone X Fractor. It's a beautiful card. It's numbered out of 220. It's at $120,000. I I like the gold refractor better, but this is a this is such a cool card. And actually, I don't think that the that the the scan. I, I think it looks better uh, in hand because the scan is really um, it's really highlighting the the square design. The this. Uh, square pixely type of design it's actually i believe a much smoother card to look at in person but with that let's take a look at this one here adam i'm sure there's something i mean listen it's a one of one pardon me hold on it's a one of man logo man it's not a rookie it's from 2020-21 uh what, what do you have what would you like to highlight about this card and i'm going to bring in the 360 because i know it'll show it in with some really nice foil yeah the thing to highlight on this card is um you know from a pure collector perspective you have to ask as the years go by like what what is the thing that you want for a player that's like the high high point you know what's the coolest thing that you can get of a player and uh, of a given you know player that you want to collect luca as we know is one of the most collected players in the world and really kind of changed the landscape changed the landscape of basketball card collecting and so you know there's a lot of people out there who are big time luca collectors there's not very many autograph logo man cards of him. And I can't remember the last time I saw a for auction. So this is one of those that when it popped up and, and it was in the auction, I went, wow, like this is a big deal card. And it's one of those cards that I call a pendulum type card. Like this is one of those that I could see a few really big time Luca collectors really fighting over. Um, because again, if you're a Luca collector and you want like the high point, a logo man auto, you might not see another one for a long time. And so the other thing that Jeremy's going to highlight here on the 360, or he just did a few minutes ago is that the way that the immaculate uh, uses the, the hollow foil on these cards is really spectacular. It's just a gorgeous look. You can't see it as well on the flat, but you can see there in the, in the, the 360. Um, if you have to zoom out to, to make that work now, once you zoom in, you can't, you kind of can't go back. So um, just, just to, 
just a big time Luca card. And so the, the question that I would ask, and this shows like what kind of collector you are. Are you somebody who would rather have like a, a big time Luca rookie card, like an NTRPA or, you know, maybe like one of the best prism parallels, or would you rather have something like this that, you know, is a one of one obviously, but beyond being a one of one, it is a logo man auto, like a true logo man auto of Luca for me. Just and this is just me. I like I would much rather have a logo man autograph than a than a big time rookie card. I would because you see the big time rookie cards all the time. This is like a real collector's card to me. So yeah, listen, anyway. I, I got I gotta jump in. I, this is a stunning, stunning card. I love Immaculate uh, on card auto. It, it, everything about this card is pleasing to the eye. But Nikita made a call out down here. It says, and it's game use. So I did zoom in before, and you can zoom in it says the enclosed game worn used material and autograph are are guaranteed by panini so as long as that means game worn and used by the athlete on the front of the card which it's not clear that that's what that says and i think that panini's uh very um very general in in what they what they're saying here uh and on most of the backs of several of their cards uh but you know as long as uh, as long as that in, that implies what we would we think it should imply then yeah, it's game used by by this player, and this is one heck of a card. Um, like you said, it's a collector's card, and I'm with you, Adam. I think I'd rather own this than his RPA because it's especially his National Treasures. I'm just, I just don't. To me, Immaculate is a is a nicer brand. But in any event, beautiful card, and I just wanted uh, wanted you to get some comments from you on that on that card right there. Um, I'm going to. Uh, Go back here for a moment. And actually, what I'm going to do is unshare. I'm going to bring up uh, this question from Jeff Hart, where he says, uh, good evening on the vintage side. The Hank Aaron 8.5 rookie looks incredible for the grade. Also seems like a bargain in the SGC holder at less than 60% of PSA sales. So let's take a moment and uh, let's have a look at the at that Hank Aaron card and see just how nice it is. I was going to do Aaron alone, and then I realized there's Aaron Judge, another Aaron, so we'll do Aaron and Hank. And we have hey, the, the SGC8. Screen, screen's not up. Uh, screen's not up. Thank you. I do that from time to time. We have the the SGC8.5 and the BVG8. Uh, we don't have a PSA uh, Hank Aaron in this auction today, but looking at the 8.5, and I'm going to just zoom in quick, and I do love this Hank Aaron card his rookie card. Um, <clears throat> so first thing you notice is the centering is like perfect. The edges are, you know, from this view, they look to be perfect. And of course I'm not zoomed in the top edge where you're going to notice the most, uh, you know, chipping or, or where I do see there's a bit of a, a bit of action right here on the, on the left edge, which you see zooming in, but the top edge with the orange, I mean, this thing is just, beautiful i mean it's not perfect right you've got a little bit of a touch right there a series of you know things you can't even really see this thing is is this thing is absolutely stunning it's an absolutely stunning card i'm glad that jeff hart called it out jeff does have a good eye for vintage i know that he was on sports cards live with me last saturday so check that out uh the only thing i do notice is that there's a slight registration issue which i can see Right here, if you guys can see with me in the word in, in his name, you can see that the the yellow is kind of coming down. Like the, this this yellow shouldn't be here. These red dots shouldn't be 
as visible. This should all be, you know, laid out a little bit better. You see it also right along the inside the circle here. You've got some of the dots coming into the yellow. So it's slight registration issue, but the overall um, strengths of this card far outweigh that. And mostly, most importantly, his face is, it seems clear as day. It's it very focused. So this card is just ridiculous. Adam, Phil, any comments on 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 the the Hank Aaron? I think it's I think you did a great job. It's it's a beautiful copy copy deal. The thing that I would highlight, uh, there's a reason that's got a five percent sticker on it. Like this, we shockingly we don't give out too many five percent stickers. Like they're they're that's a really really amazing eye appeal copy of the card. And Jeremy, you sort of corroborated that as you as you glanced over the front of it. Yeah, looking at the back, top edge, a little bit of chipping, but again, um, not as important as the front, and uh, and still just a, a beautiful copy. Phil, any comments on, on on the card or Hank Aaron or this the, the iconicism of this card itself? Yeah, I mean, beautiful example. Um, I think based on the front alone, it looks like a nine. I think Jeremy, you called it out. The chipping on the the back on the top probably kept it at uh, the eight point five. But yeah, I'm not surprised. It's a five percent qualifier and um i mean i probably haven't been the nicest about uh sdc on my channel but i mean these are the cards that really pop the white bordered vintage cards for me in an sdc holder they just look awesome they look beautiful. yeah it is it, it's a great looking card looks looks nice in the slab can't take anything away from that let's just look at this because we're we're on it we're on hank and it's nice for comparative purposes so here's a bvg8 now i can see that this copy, you can tell, let this just focus for us here. Well, it's got the same, a little bit of, it's got a little bit of a registration issue, right? But you can see it's much less pronounced in the name than it was on, it on, on the SGC copy. And I noticed that as well when I look at the, the just the focus and clarity of his face. I do think that this is a little bit clearer than the SGC 8.5. Now, centering looks to be almost almost bang on if not bang on edges corners you know a bit of bit of fray up there i don't mind fray i prefer fray to uh to wear uh i mean the top edge there is much i won't say much better but it's clearly better than than the than the uh sgc 8.5 copy the bottom edge looks pretty nice you know this corner looks to be not perfect a little bit of an angle maybe a little bit of angle issue there but still just a a, a Stunning, stunning copy here as well. And at 21,000, well, let's look at the back quickly. Yeah, I mean, the right edge has some light chipping, so maybe keeps it even with the with the other copy. But, you know, 90,000 here, 21,000 here. Listen, I'd be happy with either copy, but I, I do think that you're getting great value here at 21,000 on the BVG8 relative to 90 on the SGC 8.5. Anybody have anything different to say or just good to go? You know, on colors, I, I sometimes get things a little off, but is it just me or is the white on the border on the on the 8.5 a lot brighter than the white on, on the right, on the on the 8.0? It does appear to be just from this angle here. It does appear to be. I don't know if it's a lot whiter, but definitely whiter. Uh, I don't, but again, I don't know if that's the, the picture or something like that. You, I'm just not certain, but... It's it's just a yeah it's a great card overall, both copies yeah. are 
It, um, it could be related to the case, but the 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 orange background looks darker too in the BBG slabs. That makes me think like it's probably maybe it's not the card itself. Maybe it's something else. The picture or the the slab could be could be okay. Um, let's go to some comments here, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff coming through. So thanks for that, Jeff Hart Junkyard uh, Goat Hunters uh, agreed with Jeff that uh, that that the that those cards are both looking really good. Here's a question for you, Adam. Rodman wants to know, can you clarify if at any point in the auction, do the increments get cut in half? Yeah, so we talked about this last time. This is kind of new to me, but I think that's active now. I might be wrong, but I think that when we go to two minutes is when the, is when the 50% increment um, becomes an option. I might be, might be wrong on that, but I, I think it's available now. And then the, the key thing to know on this Rodman is that you can only use it once per item. So if you use that half half bid option, you know, you want it to be, you want it to be at the end. You want it to be truly your last shot because if you use it and then somebody else uses theirs, you're, you're going to be sitting there going, oh crap, now I got to do the, the whole, whole bid option. So save it until you're sure you want to use it is what I would tell you. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for the question, Rod. I'm always good to clarify some of the rules on this, on these auctions. Um, let's see. Alex, uh, agrees. The SGC 8.5 top 5% is fantastic. No doubt. No doubt. Rage wants to let you know, don't sleep on Filmington. He knows his stuff, not just baseball. Trust me. Very nice rage. Oscar dad says, I'd rather a game worn logo man any day. Right. I, I didn't even think of that when I was making that call too, that the NTs aren't even game worn. I don't believe so. That's a no brainer. To me, but here Rage has a different comment. Logo Man does nothing for me. I'd rather high grade sick patch auto nameplate collector wise, but money wise, sure, I'll take the Logo Man. Uh, Big Smooth says that would look amazing in a tag slab. He's talking about the the the, the 54 tops. Uh, Hank Aaron Junkyard Goat Hunter says great eye on the color. Uh, Jeremy is a card pro. Thank you, Junkyard. Uh, color alone is a one on on that on the uh, the Hank Aaron Rage says the the tux in reference to the SGC slap commonly known as the tux makes it pop. Birds on the bat says BVG eight equals PSA six point five to seven for collectors. BVG is just not respected. Yeah, and that's you know I guess Filmington you're you're nodding in some agreement there, and it's uh, somewhat unfortunate because you know it's the Beckett brand is a wonderful brand in our hobby. Uh, but I, the reason why I'm, I'm even spending a minute on this is because Beckett has BGS, which I believe is 1981 forward, and BVG, which is 1980 back. Does that cause any issues? Is it is it confusing? And and I wonder if they're going to change that moving forward. Go yeah, ahead. you know, the a lot of people don't like the labels on BVG, or maybe it's you know the the, the white. The, the the white label like on like a BBG eight, um, but yeah, I do think one of the things I noticed right away right away when I was buying uh, vintage cards pre nineteen eighty stuff was that you know a PSA a PSA or a BGS eight really is like a PSA six and a half. It's it's more than just a one like one full point difference. Um, one of the nice things about BBG though is you can still find like nice eye appealing examples of vintage cards. You know, it's centered, it's centered, right? Beckett might not have been very stringent with the grade, but you can't, you can't lie about centering, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Fair here. Uh, Birds on a bat makes a comment with respect to BGS slash BVG he says, he says, yes, I think so. Just keep it consistent under one name. Also, why no subgrades for vintage? That's your brand lean into it. I agree with that. I think that's, I think that's a, a really fair comment. I mean, branding is so important to any business. It's important in, in our hobby 
And it's like your brand is is sacred, right? You have to do what you can to protect it and to I think I love when he says lean into it. I think I, I just love that terminology on, on it right there. Um, <clears throat> a food, sorry, Flood the Attic says, what do you guys think about some of the modern one-of-one one Brady cards like the Premier, the Optic, Mosaic, long-term hold? Um, like none of us are football guys primarily, but I think that this question is easily sort of transferable to any sport. You know, hockey, we could think about Crosby, Basketball, you could think about LeBron in the same context. And baseball, uh, Phil, I'm not sure. Maybe you can think about Pujols in that manner, right? These guys who have been around for uh, for 20 years that are still playing and still having very rare one-on-one type cards. So, um, Adam, do you want to do you want to kind of take this first, and then we'll go to Phil for some comments? Yeah, one of ones are not all created equals, what I would say. And so. And when you say, what do you think about a modern Brady one of one? Well, is it a, is it a prism black? Is it like a, you know, is it some sort of notable or significant parallel from an important brand? That sort of card is going to be a grail type card for a lot of collectors as the years go by. Other one of ones kind of might be viewed sort sort of more as like niche, like, you know, it's cool that there's only one of them, but no one's out there actively looking to put together that rainbow. No one's actively sort of trying to find that exact card. And so to answer the question, I think it just depends on the card. I think it depends on the set. Um, but long-term, there's going to be people who really want to find the best Brady cards. And so, you know, if you've got the right set, it might be one of the best things, you know, one of the best things out there to sort of tuck away. And then as as you know, his career comes to an end. Finally, at some point, it'll you know it'll still be an option for you. What do you think, Phil? And I mean, think about it in the context of baseball, if you like, or in the context of Brady. I mean, you're obviously aware of uh, Tom Brady and and uh, and his career. Yeah. So, I mean, in recent years, like I'd say post 2017, there are a lot of one of ones in, in products and in Panini products. Um, there are also a lot of years where Brady played, where Tops made licensed cards for football too. Um, that's something you have to think about. So I'd echo what Adam said, not all one of ones are equal. I think this year's select might've had like 33 one of ones. Um, I'm assuming Brady had multiple, perhaps, um, a lot of, of one of ones just in that product. Um, so you just have to be careful, know what you're buying. Um, if you're getting some sort of a game use material and a one of one together, or you're getting some sort of, you know, um, not a sticker autograph, but, you know, hard signed autograph, you know, from the pack certified auto, then great, you know, but if it's just like any other one of one, if it's shiny and if it's produced after the year of 2017, then there's a great chance that it's just, in my opinion, not going to hold a ton of value long term because there's just, there's just a lot of alternatives. Yeah, no, fair comments, guys. I, I kind of... I... We often talk about, and the hobby focuses so much on the rookie card. I remember in the in the 80s and the 90s, the second year card had a little bit of cachet to it. And now people don't care, seem to not care about much past the first year card as far as like base cards go and, you know, non-low serial numbered cards. But I wonder if these one of one, the one of ones that are more, you know, that are, we said they're not created equal. So the more important one of ones, the more desirable one of ones. Uh, from certain brands and this with certain aesthetics, if they are going to continue to be key cards of those players that that will be sort of grailish down the road because they are rare, they are uh, beautiful, 
and of, of players that are very important. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but I think that I think that uh, there's there's a good chance there that that could be the case. So, <clears throat> um, I, I, as you'll notice, guys, I've got the the auction back up on the screen, so we can just kind of watch the bids coming in on cards. You see right there that the the Luca has after we talked about has got a bid. It's now up to one hundred twenty thousand plus twenty four for buyers premium. So that's now up to one hundred forty four thousand dollars. This Pele is up to twenty four thousand. Of course, I'm adding the buyer's premium. I'm just that fast at doing math in my own head, so I can do that so quickly. Adam, you should uh, be a CPA, Jeremy. <laughs> I was at one point in time. I I I I used to be a CPA. I used to be a CPA. Uh, we were talking about the the game used nature of that logo, man. And timely, right here, we have a couple comments. William Brown says, and he puts in quotes, "The enclosed game worn used material is guaranteed." guaranteed by panini he says the statement strikes me as purposefully vague goes on to say as opposed to a gretzky card i have from the 90s says on the front of this card is an authentic piece of game worn jersey worn by wayne gretzky in an official nhl game goes on to say makes you think and yeah i don't know why they're so vague nowadays uh panini is but they are and um maybe it it must be there must be some liability issues attached to it uh maybe they're just not 100 certain there's a lot. There's a lot going on. I do know a friend of mine was just hired by Fanatics to be uh, like to work in as sort of the memorabilia manager. So that gives me confidence to know uh, a fellow by the name of Richard Zangrillo. You know, it's nice to know somebody who's going to be in sort of in charge of memorabilia for cards. And if you trust that person, know that person, and feel like it's in good hands, that might be a really good thing moving forward as far as uh you know the products that fanatics is going to be putting out so we'll see we'll see what happens uh with that definitely jeremy one thing i just add real quick is you said the word nowadays i think that was the that's the right word um i think you know you're gonna see if you look at the language on on all cards now even the game used ones they're still they're 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 all intentionally vague whereas you go back to the 1990s they weren't and so I think all of us would like that more direct language. I think that's a good shout out, but it's not specific to that Luca card. That's more specific to the era. Oh, it's it's specific to Panini uh, and yeah. the, the descriptors that they use on their cards. And we that's don't right. know what it really means because it's so vague. So it's it's not necessarily a call. It's not a call out on the card. It's more like, a, hey, Panini, could you please tell us what we're getting with a little bit more uh, accuracy? Because um inquiring minds would like to know i suppose uh okay tampa makes a comment here it says why do game use patch cards rarely come dirty um i mean i think i think because if you think about a, a game used jersey you think about a pa- any jersey in any sport they're pretty big you're gonna get a, a few hundred pieces out of it so you know when you do have dirt like you know whether it's a stick mark in hockey or or, a, you know, I guess football would have the most kind of wear and tear to their jerseys. You know, base runners in baseball that are sliding in, right? Phil, can you, Phil, can you speak to that at all? Do you know of any base runners that you see scuffed up memorabilia when, when we see their cards? I think that's a fair question. Um, I think I, there's more and more baseball players that are diving head first into, into second these days, in a third, and all bases, really. Um probably not uh, best practice more likely to get injured that way, but that would scuff up their uniform more likely than sliding the traditional way feet first. So I've noticed the same thing. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, bright white and bright colored um, 
uniforms, pieces of those included in, with cards. Um, now, now with baseball, it's not that they don't make as many of them. They're just not held to uh, an equal standard as uh, football and basketball with regards to resale value, right? You've got a lot of high-end brands that do that in on the top side of things, uh, Panini as well with baseball, but they're not the types of cards that the collectors, high-end investors usually seek out for for baseball. At least that's the way it's always been. So it's just not as not always been in the spotlight, I'd say, with baseball for, for me to maybe make that observation with 100% conviction. And there's a couple of comments coming in, people kind of speculating that they wash them first. I don't think that they do, but I don't know for certain. I think that that would be sort of sacrilegious if if they were doing that. But but they may they may have to because because, uh, you know, you just don't know what could be embedded in the fabric that could later damage the card itself. There could be some, you know chemicals from the skin from the from the mud from from whatever i'm totally speculating right now i'm going to totally change the topic quickly though david french says i'd like to see you inspect that payton rookie mm. i think is he talking about walter payton i think so the s the is i think is it is it sgc 10 that's up yeah i think it is too i brought i, I did uh, i did bring that one in so uh you're talking about this guy right here, i believe um this is david french so yeah let's take a look at this card you know first glance this thing is absolutely perfect the centering to me looks to be like bang on like bang on i've seen a lot of, of walter payton rookies you know you look at this and you think it seems like is it a little color faded it looks a little dull in color overall but it isn't that's the, just the way this card looks from my experience so as i do zoom in and just kind of do a cursory review of the edges and corners and i do notice one thing right now that you can see this this black outline here is fading right right around here same with this up, up above here so the a little bit light on the black print corners edge sorry edges look great corner looks good you know little i don't know what's going on with this area here these print marks or what are these i can't tell if that's the slab or that's the the card but if that's the card well there's you know, it's a bit of an imperfection, noticing a bit of a faded print on the words running back as well here. A slight, slight registration issue on the on the words, words Walter Payton, because you can see the, the yellow plate is a little bit set high, should be right. Like there shouldn't be no multicolored letters there, no shadow on the letters there. So a little bit of a registration issue, you know, nothing much there. I don't know if this is fading or not. Um, but you know, corners and edges are like bang on mm -hmm. surface seems to have some issues and, uh, and registration a little bit too, but overall, a uh, stunner of a card based on, you know, the thing that bothers me the most about this card is this surface, whatever is going on here. Again, if that's on the card and not the slab and then the faded words running back, I like the wording on my cards to be bold. And, and just like, you know, just stunning. And this one is lacking in that. So uh, as well as the black outlines are a little bit faded. So the black plate, I see, I think the black plate in the printing process was, uh, you know, maybe running low on ink. And we're noticing that on this copy. I don't think that that precludes this from being a fair gem mint 10. I think it still likely is a gem mint 10. It presents so well in all other areas. Um, the back of the card, Look, even the centering on the back is pretty much perfect. Uh, don't see anything really 
too wrong there. There's something going on in this area right here. Something on the surface going on there. It's on the back, so it's not going to be penalized quite as much as if it was on the front, although we did have some surface issues on the front as well. So, you know, I think it's I think it's fairly I think it's fairly graded. Um, <clears throat> but it, it's not the strongest 10 I've seen, and we're not seeing neither a PWCC I appeal uh, designation nor a Mike Baker authenticated designation on this card. So $25,000. I think a PSA 10 on this card mm -hmm. is going to do close to $100,000. So regardless of, of, of the examination given, uh, you know, for any gem mint card, uh, uh, Walter Payton rookie at 25,000, which is 30 with the buyer's premium, I think you're doing okay. Hey, Jeremy, real quick. Um, we just went in uh, five minutes ago. We went into the one minute window. So as always happens when we do that, we see a ton of bidding, just a flurry of bids. And uh, the, um, the Clemente is taking a pretty good jump. It's up to 600 now. So um, I think it was four 450 when we started the show, up to $600,000 now. Um, the other thing that I was going to say is just escaped me. I can't remember what it was. Well, it's okay. You, you can think about it for a sec. Uh, Daniel says, late to the party, some blood on a hockey patch would be amazing. Rage says, I actually have a Nolan Ryan game use card with a dirty patch, the only one I've ever seen. I've got some dirty patches myself in my collection. They do they do happen, uh, maybe more often than you'd think, but it depends what you know if you're what the who the players, what position they played, what sport, all of that as well. Junkyard says hockey cards should have at least some blood on them. Uh, what's this comment say? Mirtu says, uh, has anyone actually asked Panini about the vagueness of their material? You'd think that we as collectors would have some sway to be able to get an answer. Don't know, don't know. Ben Diamond says, I want sweat in my card. <laughs> I want man, I want man sweat in my card. There you go. There you go. A uh, yellow line on the Peyton is usually a dead giveaway, says Rage. Tom Bullard says, if anyone's played sports, they know how jerseys not washed will smell, and pretty sure that smell is chemicals and fungus and not the greatest things to attach to cardboard material. Creates mold. Yeah, very important comment right there. Goes on to say, I'd assume they washed because of that. Still considered game used even if washed. Yeah, as would I. I made the comment that might be sacrilegious, but that, I think that's not, not for me. But, you know, when you talk to, like, the most hardcore memorabilia collectors, they don't want them autographed. They don't want a game-used jersey autograph. They want it as it came off the field in that exact condition, unwashed, stinky, no autograph. So, uh, Phil, you're, you're nodding. Anything you'd like to add to this discussion? No, I, I have, uh, with Topps Dynasty RPAs, I have noticed the vague language uh, on the front of the card. Um, it says something about, like, this is game-used or you know, player worn from a game, but then on the back of the card says nothing about where, how, what, when. Um, so it kind of leads you to be a little suspicious as to like, hmm, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> should I really be paying for this? Should I really be paying a premium for this card? Um, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about that. If they could link, if they could link the pieces of, you know, whether it's the, the ball, the puck, et cetera, the hat, the jersey, if they could link that to an actual game, that would be nice to know, which I know sometimes they do. That's the that's the ultimate in game worn uh, memorabilia cards is tell us on the card what game that was used and if you can or series that's that's kind of the nirvana uh, in terms of game used. All right, we're gonna get to the bottom of the comments and we're gonna look at some more cards in the auction. Uh, nice looking cardboard. Hope you're doing hope you're doing okay there in Bermuda. Uh, definitely been some some hurricane activity down there and uh, wish you all the best. 
Uh, Daniel said, and this one gives me a little concern. He says, Adam's description of the Wayne Gretzky rookie is bang on. I can tell he has been paying attention to Gretzky lessons from Jeremy. Adam, please don't steal my job when it comes to Gretzky rookies. I'm just kidding. It's your job now. Uh, Tampa says, I want it dirty and smelly as far as game worn goes. I'm not going to bring up his next comment. We'll leave that one out of the show. If you're reading the chat, you can see it for yourself. Okay. Let's go back, guys. And, uh, the first thing we're going to do as we go back and look at some auctions is I'm actually going to refresh this. I'm going to share my screen in one quick second here as it refreshes. We're going to go back to the baseball screen for Phil, and we're going to see if there's anything else, Phil, of those 30 cards that are in the uh, the premiere that, that you'd like to, to call attention to. Or do you have anything in mind? We don't have to do this. Yeah, so the, the Mookie mind. Betts Bowman Chrome autograph, it's a red authentic. I think it's numbered one or of five or five of five. That yeah. one, that one I saw, and it was, I think it was under 20K. And I, it kind of shocked me as to how low it was, but that was also a few hours ago. So here it is. This one right here, yeah. $22,000. Now, now I am noticing that it's graded as authentic. It does not right. have a numerical grade. Only two, well, it's out of five, first of all, as you said, only two have ever been uh, submitted to, to PSA. Um, you think at twenty two thousand for a PSA authentic is this? Are you saying this in your opinion? It's is too low. Good? Too low. I think it's. I think it needs to go up. Uh, personally, and this is even with with vintage cards when I dabbled in them, I was into. I was more willing to accept an authentic grade than most collectors and investors. Maybe maybe two of ten would be okay having an authentic card in their collection, vintage wise. Now, from a modern and ultra modern perspective. The downgrade from a PSA 10 to authentic, it's going to vary based on the card and who you ask, right? Like what premium would you place on a, a, a PSA 10? How much are you going to drop from a 10 to even a PSA 9 on a card that's number to five? For me, a PSA 10 to 9, there's not much of a discount in, in my mind because it's already rare enough um, for these modern and ultra modern cards that are numbered uh, to, I'd say, like the 10 or fewer. The grade doesn't matter that much, but from PSA 10 to PSA 8, okay, again, not much of a of a discount. I'd pay about the same, maybe, um, especially on a one of one. But but then from a PSA 8 to an authentic, you know, obviously I'm going to be a little bit curious about the provenance. I'd want to research this card. I actually tried to in in one or two minutes before this show. I couldn't find anything on this card, um, so I'm a little curious. It looks very well centered. It was one of the issues with uh, with this year, especially left to right, looks decent. So you wonder, I mean, not perfect. And again, I'm, the, the image I'm looking at is kind of far away on my screen, so I can't see it perfectly. But the autograph is centered in the middle of the, uh, the of the frame, which you don't always get with bets. So that that looks fine to me. Um, you got the jersey match, which with baseball, unlike with some of the other sports, you know, really don't get much of a premium for, but it's still considered an original color, number to five. Um so being a red refractor, I mean, it, it, based on my multiplier table, you're looking at 20 to 60 X, probably um, mm. 85% of cards should kind of fall within that range. 20 to 60 X, the base. I would have thought this was closer to 40 K personally, uh, even without authentic grade. Um, but who knows? Um, Guys, I got to I got to interrupt real quick. Uh, Clemente just passed a million. It just, oh, it, wow. it's blowing up right in front of it. So 875 pre BP. That's over that. Like, happen real fast there's two guys that are just going back and forth right now so phil sorry for interrupting there but this is the more important card so <laughs> worthy of the interruption well this this is a once in a lifetime opportunity kind of card here because it's yeah. probably the nicest clemente rookie on the planet you know probably i should say there's a good chance it's nicer than the psa 10 
I think there's one PSA 10. Is that correct? Uh, I'm not hundred percent certain if there's only one 10, this could easily be nicer than that one. So this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, but back, back to the, uh, to the, the bets we were just talking about, like, you know, there's very few people out there that could tell me that this card should be worth, you know, in his opinion, 40,000 when it's sitting here at 22. And I, and I would believe them. And one of those people is Phil. And I wonder now what's going to, cause we see it a lot, Adam, where we talk about a card and then all of a sudden it gets a bid. Right. Oh, geez. I wonder. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wonder. Don't, I don't want to pump this card. No, it's listen, that's the beauty, Phil. You're, you're not pumping it. You're speaking from, you're speaking from your heart. I think is, is you're, you're just, Listen, you can. I told you coming in. I want you to point out cards that you cards you like, cards you don't like, cards you think are overgraded, undergraded, too value, not valuable enough, whatever it is. And you've, you know, you've uh, you've, you've you've been very even keeled. So I appreciate that. And um, and I think that uh, that that's uh, probably a card that people who you know are interested in baseball and Mookie Betts and refractors and Bowman and all that. I mean, consider it. I'm not. We're not telling anyone to go place a bid, but. Um, Hey, it might, it might, it, it could happen because, because we, it happens all the time on the show, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. So some risk factors then. So uh, he's listed at five, <laughs> nine, one eighty five. small players tend to not be as productive in their thirties, not because of health related issues, but they, you know, they tend to break down. Maybe somebody like Bryce Harper, that's a more ideal baseball body. But right now Mookie Betts is a 6.3 war. It's closing in on a seven war um, WRC plus, which is an offensive geek stat that kind of shows ballpark adjusted. Uh, offensive performance um it's right up there with some of his best seasons so uh the knock on him would be i think a year over year increase in the strikeout rate over the last three or four years so that's where the decline is that that i'm noticing um the speed uh we saw that after 2019 really start to go down uh, he was stealing 30 bases ish now it's closer to like 12 to 15 um defense is still slightly above average so that's good but yeah solid player okay. Of of the position players under the age of thirty five, um, he's you know he's he's up there. He's up there. He's he's far behind Trout with regards to like prestige and accomplishments, but he's right there with Bryce Harper. Okay, well, and you know we've had a couple of really good comments come in on this, so let's go to those. First of all, uh, Rage says he's right. The Bowman Red Autos are the top of the mountain in baseball. Period. True Grail, but. We have, you know, Bob's big boy makes a pretty astute comment, says that Mookie could be a PSA three, maybe a hairline creased on the back. Authentic just means not altered, risky move. So yeah, it could mean that, but it, but a lot of times we see cards just get slabbed authentic because they, I, I think that people just don't care about the grade when it comes to such a rare card. I would, I would have it graded, but, and I don't know if it costs less to just get authentic on a card with PSA than to get a grade on the card. I would think it, should because they don't have to grade the card they just have to authenticate it so i'm not sure but there is risk in this card too that it could have something wrong with it um any any sort of a retort to that phil no that that is a good point if it if it was altered it wouldn't have been slabbed as just authentic um uh based on the uh the graders review graders opinion uh, on that so yeah, that's a good point. I mean, to save the money, I think that'd be pretty dumb. Uh, in my opinion, for a card like that, and I know, you know, PSA grades based on value, they charge you based on value of the card. But assuming this was graded three, four years ago instead of over the last couple, which I I bet it was graded more than two years ago for the first time, at least, um, you know, I'd pay, I'd pay the extra, even if it said PSA. Well, I don't know. If it was under a PSA 6 for a modern card, that's kind of an eyesore maybe just as much as authentic the grade itself. So 
a PSA seven wouldn't bother me. PSA six, eh? It's like, what did you like? Rub this against like the your, your driveway? Um, you, you got in a fight with your girlfriend and then she took it out on the card or something. That's kind of weird. It's kind of weird for a, a card like that to be to be graded so low. But yeah, it's possible. Could be some sort of uh, crease, uh, which we see sometimes right out of the pack. You'll have some sort of damage like that. So yeah, that's possible. Uh, but that's interesting, and that would make me more more interested in the card. Phil, I've I've got bad news for you. It, it just got a bit on it. So we we, talk, <laughs> we talked about it, and you didn't want to do that, I know. But we but it went from twenty two to twenty two five. Ah. <laughs> I'm sure it's the okay. max bids right at my number two. <laughs> it's okay. You gave you gave the risk factors as well, so we're we're all covered. It's all good. Um, you know, Tampa says that authentic could also have some size issues. I think that that's that could happen too. Rage says he's having a career year this year on a historic Dodgers team for wins as well. Uh, Dave Kaplan says, I think auction houses don't want a new card to be a low PSA grade six or less. So they go authentic could definitely be the case right there. Uh, Tampa says, if you own a high end card, I guarantee you they know how to get the grade. Yep. And Dave says, like, maybe the triple logo man was in poor shape out of the pack. That that could yeah. be the case with the triple logo man that was just graded as authentic. Uh, could could definitely be the, excuse me be the case <clears throat> all right let's go back to uh to this page here this is the the main page we've got and i'm i'm going to actually uh i do think that these prices are current i don't think i need to refresh them but let's just have a look at what's going on the, the Wayne Gretzky is at 110 so this is a good number for the card cuz with buyer's premium it's now at 130,000 i think that's higher than what we saw in the the last couple PSA 9s i also noticed and Adam, I noticed that these two cards are basically in second and third place right now for the night. Yep. The two, uh, two of the Jordans, the number pieces, and the noble nameplate, they're both at $380,000, where the emblems of endorsement has not caught up yet. It's still down there at 220 where both of these cards were when we started. So these are getting the love. Makes sense to me. They're, I prefer the looks of them, but this one is out of 15, where this is out of 23. So, but again, horizontal auto versus a vertical auto a lot of people want the auto to be horizontal uh kind of like it is here but again it's a horizontal card so it makes sense lots going on the the, the bill russell psa 8 is up to one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. i mean i think it was 100 when we started so nice to see that getting some love jordan P- psa 10 hasn't moved that doesn't seem to have moved at all mm-hmm. and on the night i again i'm glad to see this moving that luca's got another bit up to 125 as we scroll through, oh, we haven't looked at this Cracker Jack, uh, Christy Matthewson, and mm-hmm. SGC three, so kind of low grade, but you know, for nineteen fourteen, pretty uh, pretty uh, respectable. Yet hundred thousand dollars over hundred thousand dollars. We have Patrick Mahomes NTRPA uh, two color at hundred thousand dollars. This is a BGS nine point five, and the Kobe is uh, has gotten a bit as well. The Kobe PMG Reds at one hundred and twenty thousand out the door. A terminology, a term I learned from from uh, Eric Myers. Uh, there's Shohei, 85k. I think he's been there for a while. The PSA four and a half tops Mickey Mantle. The 52 is at 75,000. And this is a card that I'd actually was maybe going to talk about with you, Adam, in our pre-show on Instagram mm-hmm. Live. The Star Jordan BGS nine, simply because this card is getting a ton of attention right now, and this copy. You know, the centering is very strong side to side, but top to bottom, this centering is actually given, it looks like that says a nine. I'm going to zoom in because I think the centering is like 
if that is a nine, if I read that right, I think that's way overgraded. I don't know how that could be a nine centering. Let's let it come through here. Centering got a nine on this. Does that make sense to you guys? Look top, look at the gap here versus the gap up here. Shouldn't that centering be more like a six or a seven? Yeah, sometimes I wonder how how they grade these things based on <clears throat> what other copies of them are like. This is a this is a card we've talked about a lot. Um, as far as side to side goes, this is as good of a copy as you will find in the world. This is it's that's wonderful side to side. But you're right, up and down is not good. So if you have a world class card from side to side that isn't usually this good and 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 up and down isn't as good as you know it could be is that equal to nine well beckett beckett sort of said in this case that it should and honestly jeremy the thing that that, that i would say also about the centering thing you and i've disagreed on this in the past i just don't notice up and down as much as i notice side to side side to side is what matters most to me so in some ways i do kind of get it honestly like i know i disagree with you a little bit but like i i kind of get how this one ended up with a nine with center no it's, i listen i mean I, I hear what you're saying i agree with you side to side is more important than top to bottom it's more noticeable for us as as people that are setting our eyes on the cards that said technically speaking this the if this centering was i think you know if it's graded on a curve, well, then fine. We can't argue it because mm. it's 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 stronger than you know ninety percent of the rest of the Star Jordan one hundred ones. But I don't think that it's graded on a curve. I think it's I don't yeah. think cards should be graded on a curve personally. So if you're just looking technically speaking, um, it, it's pretty clear to me this card is the centering is is overgraded by at least two. I think it should be a seven. And then what's the final grade going to be on this? A 7.5, maybe it probably an eight in this case because of the card and what it is. I think in this case, Beckett might give it uh, a full point higher than the lowest sub versus half, which is their, more their general rule. So that would be an eight. And then, you know, then it, 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 it's, it just sort of is what it is. At the end of the day, um, you know, if you're buying the card, not the grade, this is something that you want to know about. If you're buying the grade, not the card, then you're getting yourself a BGS 9 star 101 Michael Jordan. Hey, Phil, Mookie just keeps getting bids, man. He just keeps getting bids. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, what, one thing to add there about the Jordan, uh, that's just too bad with the Mookie. But, you know, it's <laughs> hey, if it's worth it, it's worth it. We don't know for sure if the bidders are listening in um (laughs) but uh sometimes i notice and uh i was just looking at the backs of the bjsa the bjs9 and you guys are aware that sometimes beckett will overvalue the uh the centering on the back and they almost weigh it like 50 50 like it's just as important as the front centering obviously it's still (laughs) overgraded it's still overgraded and the back centering of those two cards look similar to me um and, and psa sort of does the opposite where they they overvalue the uh, the front centering and they pay little to no attention to the back and they have obviously the, the different standards on, on the back. So maybe if they could do something in between, maybe that would be the the right way to approach it. David David Kaplan really needs us to go look at his mantle, Jeremy. If we don't do it, we're going to have a problem. We, we better go do this thing. Can you talk about my mantle, please? All right, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, okay, so I'm going to... Hey, I, uh, I disagree with you guys. I think the IPL on his PSA 1 is way better than the, the BBG 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, close. Are you guys blind? Are we looking at the same cards? 
that 1.5, we need to take a good look at that one because we looked at it in the pre-show. We haven't looked at it yet, man, uh, for the real show, have we? Uh, the 1.5, this one yeah. here? Yeah, this one's beautiful. It's got a pinhole through it, so that's uh, a pretty much a limiting uh, a barrier to a higher grade. But here you go, Phil. Here's the PSA 1 Mickey Mantle. Why don't you do that? And then I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to search for the, the Brady cards. Rodman was asking to, for us to comment on some of the Brady cards. So, Phil, take it away. Uh, don't see any flaws. Corners look perfect to me, sharp. Uh, borders look nice and white. I don't see any creases at all. Well, maybe one. All right, there's one crease. But other yeah. than can that... We count, can we count the creases? How many creases are there? And, and this is Jeremy's favorite type, right? There's the type one, type two. The the full it is. Uh, the the full border around the Yankees. Yep. Yeah. So it's got that. There. Even though it doesn't make it more rare than the other one, right? They're... Um. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, this is this is perfect, and it's in a PSA slab, which is always good. Good for resale. So, <laughs> new holder, new new label. Oh, uh, what I'll say is that there are people that want this card that that don't have fifty k to spend on it, and like basically most people, right? So to get a PSA one. As 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 weak of a one as this is, you know, you're still getting, you're still filling that hole in your binder. And at the end of the day, there are a lot of people that are collecting that set still. So they need this card and they can't afford any more. And this is probably even 18,000 plus 36, 21, six is still more than I'm sure a lot of these people that would like this card can afford because it's a lot of money. So, um, but you know, it, there are a couple of other copies in this auction, but you can't even you can't even compare them. You cannot compare this PSA one to this BVG one point five. They're they're two completely different cards, and the price is reflecting that fifty k versus eighteen. Fifty k is actually sixty k out the door right now. But my gosh, what a what a, what a beautiful card! Here's look at the. It's only five thousand dollars behind the three. Right now, I think like I think it's going to catch the three. Make, call me crazy. I think the 1.5 sells for more than the three does. It might, but centering is pretty darn important too. And that's why you're making that comment because the 1.5 centering is like perfect. My gosh, like, I, my, what, what a card. What a card. It's not fair to compare this to this, obviously. So, but there you go, Dave. Some attention for your, for your PSA one mantle. It's, it's just as iconic, to be honest. I'm sure there's a great story behind that card. Um, I know a lot of old school collectors that, you know, they buy the card, not the grade. So to them, yeah. it's it's worth the same as any other mantle on that page. So I think it's still an awesome card. Like you said, um, everybody's Jeremy, got a different price point. Before, Jeremy, before you uh, go away, sorry. Phil, uh, see, I was trying to get you to not go to the Brady. I want to see the 1.5 up close because we haven't done that yet. Um, I know that we saw the pinhole in the pre-show, but is there anything else wrong with that card or is it just the pinhole? No, there is. I, I took a look at it. So here I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bring it back up in one second, guys. Here we go. So here it is. So I noticed when I looked at it, there's some creasing going on right in here. Some wrinkles actually yeah. right here. I see, and I can't tell if they continue. They seem to fade away through his neck and his his knuckles here. Uh, there's something going on right here. There's a crease or a wrinkle right here. So it's not perfect. This, what what it has going for it is it's the centering and just the print. Like, look at this. It's majestic looking. Like, none. there doesn't seem to be any of this action saying. that I spotted. Like, like this stuff here, 
these wrinkles, these these creases or whatever they are, you're not seeing them through his face, which I think is a key issue. I don't know what this is here. There's <coughs> is this water damage? Is this some surface issue? What's going on? Or I just noticed this here. I'm not sure what this what this is, or if it's on all of them for that matter. So, so Jeremy, would you rather have this or the three? I would rather have uh, this copy, I believe, than the three. Um, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather have the one and a half than the three. Even just the look at the color of the blue in the background. I know. It's a little it's bit fair. more bold. Oh yeah, I'd almost rather have the one point five than I would the four point five, which is you know <laughs> this copy right here, uh, from a centering perspective. But trust me, if <laughs> I would take this card all day long, I'd take that all day long, and I would take that all day long. Um, this one, I just wait for a different copy and, uh, <laughs> that's your friend. Come on. Uh, he's my friend, but, but it's okay. It's not, it's no secret. I, I, th I think, you know, I think the fact that it's $18,000 is kind of right where we, where he and anyone would expect it to be. So I think it's, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Okay. Adam, are you cool? If I go to the Brady yes. search now? Yes. Thank you. Jim. All right. While that's loading though, we're going to just look at some comments. I haven't noticed them for a little while here so uh yeah some surface issues junkyard was correct <laughs> ben diamond i'm not going to read that aloud but uh funny comment uh the the psa one went through the whole bronx bike spokes and bounced off every apartment wall in brooklyn oh that's on every mantle says tb12 on that what i what, what i was looking at there so thank you for that that's not an issue so it's the creases and the wrinkles all right, Tom Brady, uh, this was asked by Rodman Martinez for us to look at. There are, holy crap, three pages of Tom Brady's. So I'm just going to quickly sort them. They are sorted by highest value. So Rodman, I'm going to share them. If you, you you better still be, be there, Rodman. Um, <clears throat> here we have the Tom Brady collection in the auction. 54 of them that's a big number i used to look at how many at the the frequency of any player and we never had a 54 i don't think even with michael jordan but this is a big auction so i mean i'm going to run through and just make some some comments here i can't speak to this card i don't know much about it adam that's do you know a, much about it yeah it's a record price um that's the most that, that anybody's ever spent on that card and and as far as rare brady cards go if i remember right it's 35 so 30, there are 35 copies of this in existence. This, along with the credentials and the SPX Spectrum and a couple of the other ones, are, are issues of Brady that we rarely see hit auction because they're both rookies and really rare. And so that's really one of the stories, I think, of this auction that I wanted to talk about in the pre-show we didn't get to was that the, the rare Brady rookie market, sort of a lot of it, a lot of it will be will be changed tonight as as these cards. Um, is these cards yeah. sell well it's it's a beautiful card nonetheless uh, i do love this one the most out of all of the brady's rookie cards uh the essential credentials future only seven uh population seven in, in psa nine none graded higher total print run of 25 that's what i really like about it is just how scarce this card is this is cool on card uh beckett authenticated autograph on his sp authentic rookie and uh, this is out of 1250. I, this to me has been the one Brady rookie that has been like for me the most iconic through my collecting career uh, since really he became uh, a player of note. Uh, here we have his SBX rookie, the Spectrum version, also out of 25. I say also because this is out of 25. 
And, you know, the price isn't way lower, uh, 60 versus 85,000. So, I mean, it's lower, but um, they're in the same kind of ballpark. I do love this a lot more. It's a technology card. It's just, it's a cooler looking card, but this is pretty cool as well. Coming down, we have some contenders. We have three contenders in this row alone. Do we have more? Doesn't look like it. None of them are the champ tickets. They're just the basics of BGS 9, uh, PSA 7.5, and a BGS 8.5. And you can see the 7.5 and, and the 8.5 are doing right around the same price, but the BGS 9 with the 10 centering is uh, leading the way at $50,000. This is an iconic card right here. Game use football, game on-card autograph, numbered out of 150. Um, I, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of the looks of this card with the with the stripes, the red and white stripes. Nothing against the flag. I just don't think that they that that they the way that they're kind of coming on that angle. I'm not a huge fan of the design, but I'm not going to take anything away from the importance. And and really, this is a card that is iconic in and of itself. Um, keep it on going. And I listen. I'm not an expert on these cards, so uh, so please don't hold it against me. Got the Bowman Chrome Refractor. I do love this card. It's my second favorite of his rookie cards. Listen, my first is the Credentials, then is the Bowman Chrome, then is the SP Authentic, even though I find the SP Authentic is one that I've been more familiar with for my whole collecting career. We got a Kaboom Gold from 2021 at $18,000, a BGS 9.5 SP Authentic down here in the fourth or fifth row. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. There's the regular version of the, of the EX. I do love this card too, a PSA 10 at $20,500. Boy, could have bought this for a lot cheaper a couple of years ago. And as we go through more of, uh, there's a Prism, 2012 Prism, Silver Prism, PSA 10 at $13,000. And the Emerald, uh, the Metal metal Emerald, PSA 10 at $13,500. I think this is a bit of an underappreciated card, simply because I love this Metal logo on just about anything. So... Um, we're going to stop there on the Brady's. Oh, you're there, Rodman. I just see that right now. If Rodman, if there's a specific card you'd be curious about looking at, let me know. And I'd be happy to do that for you. <clears throat> I'm going to go to the next page really quickly guys here and feel free, both Adam and Phil to jump in with any comments you have on, on, uh, Tom Brady or these cards PSA nine at 13,000, uh, where we just saw the BGS nine, five, I think at, at 18,000. Um, I mean, without inspecting them, this I, I'd rather get it on this one because it's cheaper and uh, and you know it's just uh, still such a great card overall. Scrolling through, looking at what we got here. There's the the regular Bowman Chrome PSA ten at ten thousand five hundred dollars. I was looking at buying one of these cards, guys, back in probably 2015, 16, 17, and I was looking for one that was perfectly centered. And the way to tell on this card, the centering really comes down to these gold bars that you see on either side of the card. So you've got this one right here on the left and this one right here on the right. You can see it's pretty clear that the one on the right is wider than this one on the left. Not by a ton, but it is a little bit wider. When I was shopping for this card, guys, I was looking for one with perfect side gold bars, perfect width. And I never found one. And I could, and I was passing on this card all day long for $1,200, $1,400. And now, you know, doesn't really matter 10,000 10, minimum to get into one <clears throat> so great card this is one of my favorite brady cards of all time the autograph version this is an autograph a great card still ten thousand dollars for a game worn brady card pretty amazing lots of brady in this auction over 10 percent of this auction is tom brady color blast uh, though one thing i'll add is um I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on what's going on in the auction as as, as we're talking 
it's fun to see how different people have different sort of strategies. Um, I can tell this is one person because in a period of about 60 seconds, 10 Tom Brady rookie cards just got bids on them. Wow. Like we don't, I've, I've never seen that before in watching, but I just, I watched it update. Literally they, they just had them all queued up bid, 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 like 10 bids in 60 seconds. It was pretty cool to see that. So um, they were, they were ready for this stage of the auction and, and, uh, and as we were going through them, they were getting bids on them. So it's kind of cool. That's uh, that's nice to know, though. You know, they put in their bids early, and now they're coming in to try and scoop something at the end. Um, I still want to ask a question about Connor McDavid. So I just did a search for McDavid. Five results. Uh, we've got, you know, this is a beautiful emblems of endorsement. Rookie year. PSA 10. 15 copies on card auto. Pop 101. $39,000. I mean, like, I, I, I love to see it. I love to see it because I'm a I'm a hockey guy, and I do think that this is, you know, his RPA from this year is at a 99. Now the RPA is game worn. This copy, um, actually, I'm not going to do. I'm going to do it this way. Might this card might not be game worn. Let's have a look at the back and see what it says. Photo shoot being used in a rookie photo shoot. You can see it right here. So that's that's a pretty significant difference. Where the RPA is going to do 100,000 minimum. Uh, this card is doing 39. It's a one of one. Both have three color patches. Uh, but again, it depends if you care that it's a uh, photo shoot or not. Regardless, the eye appeal on this card, or the aesthetics, I should say, phenomenal. We talked about this card earlier, Adam. The the, the uh, dual autograph on card autograph, Gretzky and McDavid's up to $28,000. <clears> I think that's a, a fair price for it. Black label, Young Gun at $19,000. These cards have... Uh, you know, I haven't seen one of these in a while, actually, personally. But when they came out, these black labels, I think, if I recall, were doing like you know eight to ten thousand dollars. But that was a while ago. Now it's up to nineteen plus. Here's a lot of of McDavid's sixteen thousand bucks, and then a limited logos rookie year. Another one I want to confirm whether the back is game worn or not. I think it is. And this one is used in an official NHL game. So this card. This card here, it's out of 50, on-card autograph. The patch is not the best patch going. There's no oil drop. There's no orange, but it's still got some uniqueness to it. BGS 9, a very respectable grade. So this card is sitting at $12,000. I'm just going to do a quick comparison versus the emblems of endorsement is at you know, three times as much. I would argue this is a nicer card, and there's like a third of the amount out there versus this, versus this card. So... <clears throat> That makes sense to me, but it also tells me that people aren't worried too much about the game used nature of the of the of the jersey of, of the of the of the memorabilia. Because if they were, this should be closer, I would think, in price to this. Adam, you nodded. Anything you want to add? I just think it's. I always sort of thought that game used should matter a lot more than it does. But in a lot of places, we still see that it doesn't matter a whole lot. It what matters is the quality of the patch and recognizability of the card and the brand um i also noticed that right after you brought up the duel that we saw another another bit on that i just it, you know i'm not the hockey guy here clearly but that to me that dual autographs one of the nicest looking cards in the auction and so um, it's good to see it uh, yeah and i i guess i stand corrected uh jeff p says that the mcdavid rpa is not game worn photo shoot the only game worn rookie in the cup 
maybe that maybe it doesn't mean, but I'm going to say that is the limited logo. So if that's the case, then this guy here, <clears throat> I would I would argue is undervalued. Now the patch isn't the nicest patch. It could be nicer, you know. And if it was, I think it would be priced higher. But still, regardless, this is a card where you know, as a guy who, you know, I'm a hockey guy. Now I can't recall every card whether it's game used or not i should have known that on the mcdavid though uh i would i'm comfortable saying that i think this is low too low now it doesn't really matter if you're not even if you're not eligible for extended bidding you can't put a bid in anyway but if a few yeah. of you are this is a card that i'd be pretty comfortable putting another bid in on if it were me if i was qualified and looking to add it oh there we go the duel just got another another uh, a couple more bids i thought i just looked at it, it was at twenty eight thousand. now it's at 32 so this just got uh, two more bids uh most likely so yeah hey, the the lebron the lebron x fractors really jumped quite a bit a couple yeah. of guys really going at that one did you notice that i didn't but what's it at oh 185 yeah that's yeah. uh that's pretty big i want to read this comment from rage just because he says game use should 100 matter just like on card or sticker but i leave the newer hobby folks are buying regardless from an eye appeal standpoint i think he's right I think um, a lot of the a lot of the uh, newer hobby folks are buying regardless from an eye appeal standpoint, but that's something that I believe, with more experience and time under their belts, they could they could kind of transition more to caring about the game use nature of the memorabilia and the cards. Phil, any uh, any comment? Uh, Want to jump in and provide any color to that? Uh no, no. I think I. I think there's probably some truth to that for sure. But at the end of the day, I think Adam's right in that the look of the card does matter. Um, if it's the most beautiful looking card in the auction, people are going to notice that. Um, and I think it is a beautiful card. And I think, you know, the dual patch and the multiple colors, I think there's something to that. I wish I was more of a uh, hockey expert. I'm, I'm not. Uh, but the uh, the X-Fractor, BGS 10, LeBron, 180K. Isn't the BGS 9.5? Isn't that only like a $40,000 card? It seems that seems high. The uh, the BGS ten. Yeah, I think I think you're you're right that the I I don't know if it's forty or fifty something around that's certainly a, a very large multiplier for this ten, which you just so, sort of don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna go. Sometimes um, might be worth looking at the pop on that to see if oh wow it's a, it's at two hundred now. The X Fractor got another bid. You're you're telling us right? Yeah. There it is, two hundred thousand. Well, it's really two forty for the buyer out the door, right? With the buyer's yeah. premium. So you know the BGS ten does have uh, you know some panache to it. You know that's something that people want. It's uh, tougher to get a PSA ten, uh, sorry, a BGS ten historically than a PSA ten. So I think people still allocate value to that. And look, there's another bid. It just went up yeah. to two ten now. Jeremy, we looked at that one earlier, and you pointed out that just the flat scan of that one's not the best. That's a great card to highlight the 360 on you look at sure. that on the 360 and it is a smoking card yeah let's have a look here let's let it just fully load up for me yeah i mean this thing you still see the squares but yeah like it's it's it is pretty beautiful like the way the light does refract off of it it is beautiful so you see you know i like like that view right there versus the straight on it seems like the squares overtake the player, but when you mm -hmm. look at it, really, he's popping off that card, right? Like he's he you, you he it almost looks 3D when you look at it in hand or in 360 
versus like this, where he's almost camouflaged into the card. So you're you're good call out there, Adam. It doesn't it was a good one to to really take a look at that way. Can I show one can I point out one more card that's getting some action that I think is kind of interesting? Yeah, which it, one uh, would that be? The the Tom Brady um Crown Royale autograph. I frankly didn't know this card existed. Um it's an autographed rookie card of Brady in his Michigan uniform. And this is a gem 10 that's up, uh, PSA gem 10 in, a, in an older, I think second or third generation holder. Um, when I was going through and, and, and doing the filming of, of the different cards, this one stood out to me because I was thinking about all the different Brady rookie autographs. And I say all, that kind of implies there's a lot of them. There's not a lot of them though. Um, and thinking about what the different ones sell for. I, I don't know that we've seen one of these in the premier auction for. Maybe that's because they sell, you know, maybe because there's not very many tens. And if it's not a 10, it's maybe not worthy of the premier auction. Maybe it goes, maybe we go, you know, in a, a, to a, a lower price. Um, but I don't know if, if you're, if you're a Brady guy and you want a rookie autograph, it seems like there's this, there's the press pass. There's um, obviously there's the more expensive ones, but seems kind of cool that we see we, we don't see this one that that often and it's sitting here you know under 20 grand yeah no it's i like calling it out i'm looking at it, i'm like where and where does it save tom <clears throat> tom or brady here that might be a why but that's where I, that's what i was kind of zooming in saying tom i think you forgot how to spell your name that day because that that doesn't look like much of uh tom brady but in any event uh your auto's your auto so we're not going to criticize that any more than I just did. <laughs> um, uh, player's choice. My buddy Jason uh, right here did ask uh, what other big hockey cards are up for auction. So if you're still there, uh, we'll just take a quick scroll. The Gretzky PSN 90 Peachy still at $110,000. We've we've talked about the these, the, the Orb PSA 8s at 44. This is a cool card here, guys, if you don't know hockey. Uh, so this is the Sidney Crosby Cup it's a parallel to the RPA. It's the platinum version out of 25. So, and it's in a very high grade. These are not easy to find in high grade. They're usually like an 8.5 at best. So a 9.5 is very nice. And uh, I think it's, it's only 25 copies. You just do not see this card. And 13,000 for it. I mean, gosh, if I was uh, flush with cash, I would have loved to have added one of these. The Nathan McKinnon. I mean, he's now a Stanley Cup champion. He's poised to win another one this year. Like he's placed for such a powerhouse. He he just yesterday signed a deal making him the highest paid player in the NHL, twelve point six million a year, something like that. So he is the highest paid player in the NHL for now. Sixteen K for, and that's a nice three color uh, patch. Might even be four. There might be some silver up there in the top corner. Let's just take a quick. Let's actually just do this very quickly and see if that is a four-color patch because, yeah, clearly that is a four-color patch. You've got silver, uh, maroon, white, and blue. So, yeah, that's a that's a stunning card right there. $16,000 is a good price for that. I don't mean good as in, like, cheap. I mean good as in respectable. I'm happy to see it. This is a great card here, too. Sidney Crosby's uh, ultimate rookie card out of two ninety nine with a gem 10 uh, card grade and auto we're now getting into these haven't moved much the the pmgs this was at ten thousand to start the night and that yeah. was at five thousand to start the night there's the game the game used limited logos 
And that's it for hockey cards in the auction. It looks like there's four, eight, 12, six, uh, 12 total hockey cards in the auction. Adam, something to jump in with. Yeah, the Crosby in hand is really incredible. Just a beautiful card. Which one? This one here? The ultimate, the ultimate collection. Oh, this is, yeah, this is an amazing card. I've owned a couple copies of this over the years. I don't own any right now. It's, uh, besides his cup rookie, this is probably my favorite Crosby rookie that has like an auto on it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful card for sure. And ultimate is a, you know, has a ton of brand equity in, yep. in, in the whole hobby, not just hockey. So the auto on that one kind of combined with the hall of foil. And then the thing that I've noticed as I've gotten to hold a lot of these sort of in hand, I love when upper deck does the serial number in the hall of foil. Mm -hmm. Um, and that one's just got all of that going for it. Plus it's a 10, 10. Um, yeah, super cool. Definitely. Definitely. Right. What do you think of the what do you think of the Russell XRC that's getting some action right now? The Russell XRC. The Bill Russell XRC that that uh is is up on the on the oh I guess you're not oh it's it's hidden by the that wasn't you know, that wasn't never mind you might be a little bit behind where I was or I might be behind where you are, but the the smaller card it's um it's from a book, it's the All American Sports Club. Oh yeah, the white back. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on that card? Oh, I'm in hockey only. That's why that's not working for me. Let me uh, <laughs> let me let me get rid of hockey, and that should uh, bring it up once I correct the spelling again. Oh, that's going to bring it up. This one right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, listen. That is a that is a very cool piece. It's historic. It's 1955, so it's two years before his rookie card. It's hand cut, so I, I just noticed that. So it's from I'm not sure what it came out of, some sort of magazine maybe, or or a panel or something. I love it. I love I love it that in its simplicity and it's just a picture of his face, but it's not enough card for me. You know, yeah. it's too small for a card for for what I would like. I'd prefer more card if I'm putting out that kind of money although it's you know for a nine um i can't speak to it it's well i can this population is pop one of five two graded higher seems like there's probably a, several available at the six seven eight level maybe even lower so i don't know it's it's not a card that i would pursue at all but if i'm a hardcore basketball collector or a hardcore russell collector um, I, I definitely want this card what about you though adam a better it's a better question for you yeah, I, the reason that I asked is I, I, I kind of thought that what you said about there not being enough card, I thought you might feel that way. We've talked about the, what's the vintage hockey card, the Gordie Howe uh, in those in those same terms before, where it's just like, it's just a little bit smaller than you'd like. This one's even smaller. Um, but the thing that, that I would give as sort of a sales job for this card, and this is, you know, from like the, like a basketball perspective, Bill Russell has five, has five I believe it's five original cards and three of them everybody knows it's the 57 tops the 61 flare and the 61 flare in action those are really well-known cards um you know, you know sort of mainstream and then you have the 68 tops test and you have this 1955 card and that's it like that's all he has from his whole career there's nothing else it's those five cards and so since this one is in such a low population like even though there's like I personally don't love hand cut cards I don't love small cards, but I do love Bill Russell and I do love that he only has five cards. And so to me, like 
that kind of sells it for me. It kind of makes me go, you know what? I would still like it, even though it's not some of the things that I do want it to be. The fact that he only has five, I, I think really stands out. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear all that. Um, we're going to, uh, we were asked to talk about Julio Rodriguez. Dave Kaplan asked that earlier uh, for you, Phil. Um, pricing thoughts on, on, we have the two cards. We have his uh, red shimmer out of five BGS nine, five. We have his gold refractor also BGS nine, five out of 50. Um, I mean, I'm just looking, this card here is 10 times as rare as this card here. Yet it's only, uh, you know, less than 50% higher in value right now. What can you tell us about Julio Rodriguez and these cards and their current values that we're seeing? Uh, first of all, great player, a lot of upside still needs to, I think, get that strikeout rate down, still chases a little bit, but he had a, he's having a remarkable rookie season. It might've just ended today with a uh, back injury, but hopefully he's able to rebound and play the last few games and maybe Seattle's in the playoff race. So, um, I think he's going to have a lot of buzz in the off season too. I think, um, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, Tatis, <laughs> Wander Franco, Vlad Guerrero. I think some of these underwhelming seasons, I think they opened up the door right for him to be in the hobby spotlight for like next up and coming up and coming young stars. Um, and you know, people would rather bet on the potential than the actual numbers themselves. So mm -hmm. here you go. Here's a young player that hasn't done a whole lot, but he's got a lot of upside and probably a bright future. Um, so these cards, uh, the, the one thing that I, the, the first thing that strikes me about them is that the red shimmer does seem to be a little underpriced relative to the gold. It is a shimmer. Um, the shimmers in waves versus the traditional refractors aren't often sought out by the like um, hardcore Bowman Chrome traditionalists who like the original non-contrived designs, not just the original colors, but the the true refractor versus the, the wave or shimmer, which is what you see in the left. But still, um, I still think that maybe, you know, Maybe this should go for a little bit more, but I have seen a wide range when I was doing the multiplier analysis. You know, I've seen 15x um, base for the shimmer. I've also seen 30 to 35x base. So this one with a higher end player should probably be uh, on the higher side. But again, I mean, these are just like super, there's a lot of variance here, um, regardless of the player. So if I was to invest in one of them, I would have gone for the gold, maybe not at this price. So the, the, the red shimmer does just provide a little bit of upside. And um, I have I've, I have bought some shimmers and waves before, so I wouldn't I wouldn't altogether ignore the uh, the shimmer. Like you said, Jeremy, it's number to five. Um, yeah. 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 Cool looking we're cards. Get, we're sure. getting low on the clock right now. You guys watching that? I am now four, three. To, oh, no, we got, a, we got a bit in. We got a bit in. We're still alive. So, a um, couple of things I want I want to go to here. Uh, first, I'm going to stick with this card. Uh, Wizards, sorry, Wizards comment right here, where he says those Gold Bowman Mookie autos are a steal. So there you go. Someone thinks that those are a steal right now. Um, Bobby made a comment about the emblems. Connor McDavid last last did near sixty. It's down twenty k now with so much upside. Connor McDavid does have upside still. There's no doubt about that. Uh, want to go, before I go to those two comments just came in, I want to talk about that Bill Russell again briefly. Vintage Card Collector said, it's a similar size to tobacco cards. The size personally doesn't bother me. He says, the blank back bothers me more than the small size. And I just want to say mm. that, you know, 
from what I saw, it looked to be a little shorter than a, than a traditional tobacco card. And it's a lot smaller than the 51 Parkers with the Gordie Howe rookie and the Maurice Richard rookie, two very key and iconic cards. Um, so it's a, it's still, it's almost like postage sized, postage stamp size to me. That, but I'm probably wrong. It's probably bigger than that. The comment about the blank back. I got a lot of cards with blank backs, and I I would prefer there was something on there, just more content. But doesn't bother me as much as if the card is, you know, important. The other thing about the Parkers is their mainstream set, where this uh, this Bill Russell, I just don't feel like it's a mainstream set. So a couple of just a couple of uh, things to distinguish there, but still, like Adam was saying, he's only got five cards, and this is a very rare one. So you know, it's like you just got to have it if you, if you if that's what you're collecting and it's i love the look of the front of it it's a nice picture of him too um Kirill Kim says can you share your thoughts on the Luca prisms on auction some rare ones are up the ceiling for them this upcoming season uh definitely not a Jeremy question i doubt it's a Phil question adam why don't you i'm going to search for them i'll bring them up in a moment what's ironic that they're asking or uh that Kirill is asking because the Luca Prism card actually hit the iconic 100 today. Um, I've I've been constantly surprised at how people view the Luca Prism, even people who are really strong, like longtime basketball card collectors, just because it's so new. It's only a few years old, right? But the thing that that it has become that I become really aware of is that a lot of people like entered this hobby and started collecting because of that that was that as of cards that were made you know over the course of the last five or ten years you can argue that's the most iconic card that has has sort of been produced during that time it might be the most iconic card of the panini era i guess there's a couple of other cards in there that 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 are you know close to it but the question with luca and it's it's obvious what's he gonna do is he gonna be an all-time great is he gonna win championships is he going to be what some people believe that he has the potential to be. And if he is, then that's one of the cards in all of its forms to own. If he's not, then he's going to be like so many other great guys that came and, you know, got to conference finals like he did last year. But Adam, to, Adam, yes. keep talking yeah. about this. I'm going to, I have to, I'm going to run to the bathroom for a minute. So keep sure. talking yeah. about this. Yeah. So, so the, if, if he doesn't become what he has the potential to become, if he doesn't win championships, then then it, it really does put a ceiling on it. But his valuations are so high, he's got to win in the long term. Having said that, if you believe that's going to happen, then like if it was me, you know, I I would be looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd be looking at, um, you know, Lu- Lucas Prism is like one of his his most important cards. So. Um, Kirill, I think, I think, you know, that's, that's what you need to know about that. We'll move on to Sean Gardner's question while Jeremy's gone. Sean says, Adam, what do you think about the cracked ice cards in particular football? They are beautiful cards and came in very low pop. What do you think about the Justin Herbert optic cracked ice? So I'm glad that you asked this question, Sean, because, um, this is one of the benefits to being able to see the cards in hand and then using the 360 view. I, I would say two car, two kinds of cards, maybe three kinds of cards in football have really stood out to me in person. And one of them is these cracked ice cards. Uh, Jeremy, we just went down to the very next question by, by Sean Gardner here. Um, the cracked ice cards, I, I would, you know, Jeremy, if you want to pull up one on the 360, they are gorgeous. The cracked ice, the, um, the optic contenders, uh, the, the prism, the shine on those. And then the other one is 
that, that, that has really like stood out in person is the, is the national treasure stars and stripes with the acetate finish and the hollow foil around the patch window. All three of those, every time I get one in hand, it just sort of makes me go like, yes, that is a great looking great, like just a beautiful card. Check out that first Justin Herbert right there, Jeremy, that one in the 360. I, I just thought, I thought this was a spectacular card. Okay, let's have a look here. 360. It's just loading up. I don't know if it picks it up very well. The shine on it's incredible in person, is what I tell you. But I mean, I'm seeing the cracked ice effect. It's pretty cool. But it might not, I don't I'm not sure what if you're seeing what you were expecting to, but it uh, definitely is a beautiful card. It doesn't, I love the 360. This doesn't do for it what it did for me in hand. I'll just say that. All right. Okay, well, let's go back to the uh, the comments here. Um, we've had a few come in, and we're still, we're, we're down to 14 seconds on the clock, actually. So let's, uh, let's just watch that together as it counts. Oh, there, we just had a, a bid come in. So, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, Every every lot in this auction will all end at the same time when there is a minute, when a minute goes by and there is no more bidding. When a, if there's ever a minute without a bid, the whole auction will end. We see here that um, half bidding has been enabled. So that's, uh, we talked about that before. And why don't we do this, guys? Just to, in the interest of, of content, I do you want to see what I favorited in this auction? It'd be awesome. I think I think the only thing I'd point out before we go there, Jeremy, is I think we've done this enough times now to know like when we're getting to the end. You can yeah. see the clock keeps getting you know under twenty repeatedly, and then you'll see a final bid come in, a final bid come in. We're about there, is is my guess. I, I'll be surprised if we last more than another ten or fifteen. So, for those people who are considering putting in bids and they're trying to sort of time it right and wait till the end, I wouldn't take too many chances at this point i think we're i think we're almost there almost there i want to and this there's a comment right here from uh wizard says luca has a chance of being an all-time great worst case a dirk best case an elevated larry bird uh yeah you just will time will tell right time will tell chris wong loves those luca prism whoever owns those has such good taste kevin walsh says seems like luca with seems with luca it's a big question of who they can surround him with Dallas doesn't have a lot of mobility. MJ Credentials is waking up. Says they'll have to lure a free agent, like a big free agent, like uh, Damian Lillard. And what's this? Off topic a bit, a bit, but time to go with Kenny Pickett now as he will be a generational quarterback for the Steelers. Mitch is so poor with loss again tonight. Kenny Pickett, best quarterback investment right now. Here we go. Three, <coughs> two, one. Oh, <laughs> oh no! It's over. It's over. Well, that was that was funny though because the Jordan came in right there at the last second. Oh, it's not over. No, as you say, that was weird because the Jordan the Jordan came in before the that, end of the bidding. When it says updating, it's always over. So I that's know. why that's why I jumped the gun. I thought it was too there for a sec, but apparently not. Now I know yeah. I'm not the only one confused when uh when doing these auctions. <laughs> yeah. So here's here's the favorites, guys, that I kind of went through, and I looks like 18 received the the black star from me. No real rhyme or reason, just cards that I'm interested in or that I like or that I'd like to own. Obviously, I've talked about this Brady. I absolutely love it, and 
if I had 100K lying around with nothing better to do with it, I would uh, probably buy one of these. I, I, you know me, I got to watch the Gretzky's. Uh, Playmakers Theater, Kobe Bryant. Um, I'm a big fan of the Playmakers Theater. This card is a card that looks so much better in hand than just on the screen. Actually, let's take a quick look at the 360 and see how it, how it looks with, um, with that. Oh, there you can see. You, can see, you just saw. How do I get back to the beginning here? No, that's not what I want. Well, maybe this will do. Look at look at that. Look at the color of the of the. See right here, these little red creases coming between what it looked like almost fence posts or something. Like that's really there. There's really like these these subtle red vertical lines going through it. It's got some subtle embossment to it. I just love these Playmaker Theaters cards. Well, I could sit here and look at this for a long time, so I won't because it'll be boring for the rest of you. But what a what a great card! One off his jersey number, twenty four of a hundred. Is that it right? Is no, a, that is a jersey. Never is mind. Jersey Sorry. Number. Sorry, that it is, is a jersey it's number. A, it's a secondary jersey number, not the it's one sec- that he's yeah. wearing there. But, but yeah, if you were to make a list of like the best Kobe inserts of the nineties, Jeremy, that one along with the Jambalaya, along with the molten metal fusion gold out of forty, those are probably the top three. Like that's a that's a, a really important recognizable card, and it's a card that a year ago or a year and a half ago had been a lot more than thirteen grand. So, like we said at the very beginning of the show, Kobe's valuations have really had a huge downturn. And for those of us who are collectors, it's kind of a good thing because we get a chance to pick up some of them. Definitely, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's it's. I, I love it, man. I love it. I love it a lot. I'd love. I have the Shaquille O'Neal Playmakers Theater, so I do get the 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 privilege of enjoying one of these cards as of a of a great player as well bobby Orr psa 8 we talked about this in the pre-show it was one of the cards that i highlighted i you know this particular copy i want to i'll just show it i'll show something make it big here i want to call out its edges and its corners are basically perfect i mean the corners you're seeing just a touch of white on the bottom right a touch of white on the top right and Top left is almost perfect. Bottom left looked to be perfect to me. Well, they're none of them are perfect, but they're all really strong. The edges, though, look amazing. The you know, the reason why this maybe isn't an eight and a half, maybe is the centering left to right. It's just it's off-centered left to right. But nonetheless, you are not gonna find a much nicer copy. In fact, and I don't know if it says it in the let's see the description here, because I believe the population is 42. Um Two great, yeah. It rarely surfaces in a PSA eight. I believe there's 42 PSA eights. There's one 8.5 and one nine. So if you're looking for a Bobby or rookie card, which you know you should be, because this is a truly iconic hockey card, maybe the second most iconic hockey card behind the Wayne Gretzky. And some people would would argue this is the most iconic hockey card. Um, you know, this is a it's a it's just a wonderful copy of the card and. You know, I would I would call it an average eight overall. I don't think it's a strong eight. I don't think it's a weak eight. I think it's right right in that right in the middle. So, I would I would say it's properly graded. Um, you know, and I'll give you guys all a little hint. There there are there are counterfeit copies of this card out there, and on the counterfeit copies, I forget where it is, but along this bottom white grid line, you're going to see a like a, a fisheye somewhere, whether it's over here or over here. Um, keep your eye out for that if you're ever looking for at, at raw Bobby Orr, as I'm sure that uh, PSA and the and Beckett and the other grading companies 
are well aware of how to spot a fake Bobby or a rookie. It's such an important card, but this is a beauty as well. So I, I bring attention to that. Next row, the ones that I favorited, the Montana PSA 10. I love this card. Uh, this one, oh, it it says it's been sold. Oh, look at that. It, something's funny because th this just said from this item has been sold to view only, Adam. So it's it's the exact same thing that happened the first time. It's like it's like what the software is doing is it's preparing to shut down. But in the, the irony on this one is that just like last time, it was the Jordan Triumvirate, the Illuminator that got a bit. So in both yeah. cases, it was the it was the Jordan Illuminator. The thing that's funny that I always think is funny in the situation is even though we're so clearly toward toward the very end, you'll see a bid come in like that. And then you'll see two or three other people who are like, okay, fine. I'm going to put in a bid on that. Other item. Yeah. <laughs> so we're seeing it okay. right now with the set that's getting bid after bid. The okay. I just want to, uh, I just want to say, we're going to let Phil go. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for joining. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. And I, I'm just grateful for all the baseball knowledge. And I think that you added a ton of value tonight. So I, I love it. Uh, hope I'll definitely be inviting you back and hope that you'll uh, be willing to come back. So thank you, man. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Uh, nice to meet you, Adam. Uh, I had a great time. And uh, honestly, the, the Montana is one of my favorite cars in the auction. But you never asked me. Montana and Rice. I, as, as a modern guy, I appreciate uh, players that have just one basic rookie card. I think Rice is a McDonald's card. But for Montana, you know, he's got that one. So, Well, there you go. I have the Rice in my favorites as well yeah. because uh, I actually I, I, I spoke to them together in the pre-show on Instagram. Talked about both of them. I paired them up. I think so. I th I'm with you. So before your battery, your laptop battery dies, you better get out of here. But uh, thanks again, Phil. Be in touch. We'll have you back. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. Take care, buddy. All right. He now, now that he's gone, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, so I'm going to continue, Adam. I'm going to continue with the uh, with the, uh, the the favorites that I have here. So the the mantles. I favored most of the mantles. I don't think I did the BVG 1.5. Of course, this Michael Jordan is a dream card of mine. One hundred and ten thousand dollars. The Duncan, the Star Eight. So this is this is not the one we. This is this is the other Star card. We looked at the nine before. So let's let's let me just point out something to you on this particular copy. So, at first glance, I love it. It's off centered, left to right. But that's how I want my Star card. I want I want it with this exact centering. So this, to me, is the perfect Star 101 Michael Jordan rookie card. The perfect copy because you've got strong subgrades. You've got nine corners, nine surface, and nine... I think we're done. I think we're done. Sorry for the interruption, as always, but... Yeah, we're done. That, we're done. That okay, time okay, keep going. We're definitely done, but just let me finish this card, okay? If I may. Okay. okay. Perfect edges... Corners and surface are nine. You've got centering as a 7.5. This is exactly how I want my star Jordan. I want centering to be a 7.5 because I know that it's most likely not trimmed and it's what the card, its character to the card is to be off-centered like this. So I love this copy. 31,000 versus the P the BGS 9 that sold for probably $100,000. I, I wouldn't trade it straight up. I would keep this card over the nine all day long. So anyway, just, just some thoughts on that. Other favorites was this. I love the Babe Ruth, the Mickey Mantle, the PSA 5 Mantle Rookie. There's the there's that one. Uh, the 7.5 PMG Green Gretzky. And uh, I guess this ended at 18000 for for Dave Kaplan, the consigner. So time's up. Thank you for humoring me as I went through that. Adam, I mean, 
there we go. Uh, the 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 night is the night is done. Um, we ended not not too much later than we would have on on a on a night where there were fewer uh, fewer lots. I don't think. I think people are sort of getting used to the timing of how it will go, and I wondered about that. But we saw a few times like when it first hit one minute, just this flurry of bids. And the other thing that I'm noticing is some people are going straight. They're not just doing the small increments. They're just going for it and they're going from 100,000 to 150,000 real quick. And I think the reason for that, it might be pretty smart. When a card comes up to the top of the auction, when it gets a bid, it comes up to the top of the auction and a lot of people are watching that, right? Well, if you don't want that to happen, you take a card and you say, I'm going to put up something closer to my max bid. And then you, it only jumps to the top once if you're just outbidding the person ahead of you. So I think that a little bit of that might be happening, but but we said at the beginning we'll go for three or four hours, and, we, and it was three hours and forty-one minutes. So it's about kind of where we thought it would end. Three forty-one with the with the early show with the pre-show on IG. We're at three eleven on this broadcast, so yeah. which is usually where we come come in. So, uh, but yeah, the other the other star Jordan, the the P, the BGS nine did ninety six thousand wow. dollars, and I'm telling you, the BGS eight is a is a to me it's a better card. Like yeah, hands much- down. As much as we say that people are doing a better job of of evaluating the cards, not the not the grades, I just I think it's so hard to take real confidence in yourself, your ability to look at a card and and, and diagnose all that's right and wrong with it. But I'm with you. Like I think I think what people are doing is they're saying, I want the nine BGS, the nine PSA sold for four hundred and whatever thousand dollars. I should do the same thing. I should get this nine BGS here. This is a great. But, Maybe. I agree with you. Like that eight is yeah. just a smoking card, and that's what's great about the subgrades. Maybe they think it'll cross over or something like that. But yeah, I mean, if you were to put those two cards together, the eight was a better card, and I think it's a better grade card, even technically based on the subs. Uh, Kevin Walsh says, "I won." What did you win, Kevin Walsh? Please let us know. We'd love to hear it. Bobby says, "Here, where's Howley Hustle? Still miss him on the show, but Phil was great." Yeah, that's Eric Myers. And basically, what happened, guys, was. Um, when Adam joined PWCC as an employee, uh, you know, and just talking to PWCC, we kind of thought, well, we only really need one PWCC employee on the show. And Adam was already, you know, the the incumbent co-host of the show with me before he was even thinking of working at PWCC. So that's why we're not having Eric on anymore. But I'd have no problem bringing him on for, you know, come on for half an hour and just talk about a couple of his favorite cards i think that might be a, a decent idea actually adam let's uh i'll mention it to him and make sure that uh that that's okay with the people on your side but i think that'd be a good eric's, idea eric's the best and he brings a he brings an expertise that's that's really fantastic and so i love doing the show there he teaches me something every time well kevin walsh won the luca prism lime green psa oh. 9 congratulations kevin always nice to see somebody watching win a card love that uh, Tampa Home Investors, uh, you're probably gone by now, but if you're not, uh, thanks for joining. It was great having you and everybody else as well. Adam, it is an hour later where I am right now than usual, so I think I'm ready to wrap this up. I'm starting to feel my voice is starting to go anyway. Are you good to wrap? Yeah. I Can I just give some parting thoughts real quick? Well, yeah, you do that while I scroll through. I'm going to bring up the first page of the auction sorted from most expensive. So we're going to look at the top 24 auctions. I'm not going to read them out. I'm just going to scroll through them so everybody can watch as we hear Adam's parting comments. I'll keep it super short. I just love doing the show. It's so much fun covering the the premier auction. So much fun seeing some records broken. 
I think um, a lot of stuff is still ending lighter than I'd think, but a lot of stuff was, was, was really strong. It's just a mixed bag. Like it usually is. And um, like, like that LeBron X Fractor, I look at that and go, Holy smokes, that sold so strong. And those two top exquisite Jordans, the three exquisite Jordans did over a million bucks. Jeremy. I mean, it's huge. Those are huge numbers. And then the Clemente is certainly a record for him. And so these are basically uh, half a million here on these two. Like that's huge. Each. Yeah. Crazy. The Luca hey, hey, logo man. Hey, one other thing that's a big deal. What sold higher, the Jordan or the Russell? We talked about that at the beginning. Were they a tie? on the Jordan. 192. The Russell won. Interesting. Very close. Very close. The Kobe, the Jordan credentials, the Kobe PMG, the Hank did 108, 105. I mean, I might rather have this card than this card, actually, because I'd be just as happy with like a PSA 6 of this card, you know, which which is actually what I own, and I love it. I don't need to upgrade. So to get, you know, I, yeah, I, I'd take this over this. That's interesting to hear you say that. Take the newer well, card. I like well, it. Well, again, because there's only 25 of these. There's like, you know, yeah. 25,000 of these. So it's a scarcity play versus, you know, plus I already have one. So, but even if I did, I'd rather have this and this and just go buy a lower grade Hank Aaron. Probably you not said, the best investment. You said board, earlier but. that you would take the credentials Brady over the gold Brady. I will tell you, I'm a credentials guy. I love credentials. I love that gold Brady. though. Man. I love that. Where is the goal? Oh, this one over oh, here. Yeah. Oh, not me. Not even close for me. I, I take really. That, I, take this. I take this all because to me, credential the credent the ex credentials, uh, the essential credentials, futures and nows. To me, those are like, those are the 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 cream of the crop as far as sports cards goes. You know, to me, they are. That's the best card. Those are the best cards ever made for me. Are, are essential credentials like not? I, obviously, I love the vintage, the good vintage too. You know, I love some other modern PMGs and that kind of stuff, but credentials are just, oh, I love them. If, I it, love them. if it was acetate and if it was see-through, I would go with you there too. But the, the certified does something. The certified mirror gold is just really, really special. And it's a little bit less rare. So I give you that a little bit scarcer on the, on the credentials and it's a better brand name, but I like the shine of that gold it just does it for me. 90k on the four and a half mantle the kobe does 90 that's pretty nice oh we didn't even talk about this curry refractor psa 10 does eighty four thousand. that's a, a pretty much a steal compared to what they were going for mm. uh you know a year or so ago see so yeah, oh the jerry rice does 66 i didn't notice what the montana did i must have i do love this mahomes card i say that every month i know you do i love that card too the rice did 66 is the montana on this page I didn't know it, it notice it when we passed it. Oh, there it is. 63. The rice did more, Ooh. as I think it should do more, because it's just twice as rare. Hey, um, can we look at look at the slam bams real quick? I think this was this was the steal of the the steal. For me, I think it's the steal of the auction. There have only been two of these cards. This is the second one listed in four years. The oh, other wow, one that's sold, it, huh? Yep, the other one sold a couple of weeks ago, and then but there hadn't been one for four years. I own a copy of this in an 8.5, and I can tell you, like, as far as Jordan inserts, pure inserts, not parallels, this is the one that pops up the least often. I I think whoever got sick got this for six for 60 just got an absolute steal. This is a steal. It's this is the highest graded copy, too. So 
I I thought this was a six figure card for sure. So wow. congrats to the congrats to the buyer at sixty thousand. I think you got a, just a smoking deal on this one. Very cool. Is it rarer than the high voltage five hundred? Like in terms of oh yeah 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 yeah. This one's number to number to a hundred. The BAMs you'll see every now and then, you never see the slam BAMs. Never. The high voltage 500, there's literally five times as many of that. And I think it shows up even more often than that. This, Jeremy, literally, this is the second one of these open auctioned in four years. During the whole pandemic, we saw everything. We didn't see a slam BAMs MJ. So I'm disappointed in that price. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I thought that would go higher. Cool. Okay, man, I'm going to run through the comments and we're going to sign off. Um, rubber side down. Thank you very much. Gary says, awesome show as always. Fellas, hit my first premier auction W with the beautiful Josh Allen Prism Silver PSA 10 Pop 26. You have a great night too, Gary. Thanks for joining us. Justin Vick, thanks for the coverage. Have a good night. Same to you. Kevin Walsh, great to have you. Likes Gary's card. Congrats to Gary. Rubberside says, so crazy the amount of money being spent on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're desensitized by now. We should all be desensitized. It's just it's just par for the course nowadays. Um, good stuff, guys. Well, listen, um, that's it. We're going to end this one. So thank you, everybody, for joining. This was a ton of fun. This Saturday on Sports Cards Live from this same makeshift studio, our guest will be none other than Cage Lawyer from the Lucas Tigers and Bronze podcast. Having having my first time having him or Andrew on. We're having Luke. We're having Cage on first. We're gonna have Andrew on in the in the near future. I want to get both these guys on. You know, these guys have one of the one of the best podcasts going in the hobby. They're they have done over eight hundred episodes in in like less than two years or about two years, and uh, both great personalities. So I'm excited to have them on friends of the show and uh excited for that so that's going to be this saturday and um yeah i'm going to keep it at that for now so uh that's that's it guy 450 450 thank you so much rubber side that will be a good one yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into some stuff that i don't think he's talked about too much on his own podcast that's the goal so that's it for that's it for now everybody thank you adam thanks again for all you do and uh for, with for all you do on this show with me appreciate it it's great to it's great to have you anyway but that you're now a, you're with pwcc it just adds that extra bit of insight you know more about what's going on and can really help clarify some of the things for the viewer so i appreciate that that's it i guess we're done adam say goodbye and uh we're gonna end this thanks jeremy all right guys everybody goodbye thank you again this episode is over adam hang on one one moment